0: Hey, this is Steve Bloom, and you are listening to the Geekcast Radio Network. You're listening to the Geekcast Radio Network.
3: listening to the GeekCast Radio Network's Top 100 Television Show Countdown. <music> Unleash the geek in you.
4: Hello and welcome to part three of the GCRN's Top 100 Television Show Countdown. I am one of your hosts, tfg and Mike, and I am back this week. Last week, I, I don't know, I... I was stuck in infomercial land, apparently. Um, we beat him so- with drunken pirates. <laughs> drunken pirate, you ass. Okay, so joining us first of all is Steve Megatron, the other co-creator. Hello. Yo. Hopefully, I don't have to bail this week. Uh, I mean, hopefully, no one's computer explodes this week. We have movie revolt or TV revolt. Dan. Hello. How's it going? It's going. We have Kevin and Amanda. Hello.
5: It's Poppin Pippin. <laughs>
6: Got
7: nothing. I got nothing. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the hamster wheel thing.
4: <laughs> God. And our special guest in this episode is DJ Valentine.
8: Hello, sir. Uh, hi guys. I'm I'm just glad you guys uh temporarily lifted that restraining order so I could be back on the show. I'm glad I I won't burn anything this time.
4: Well, to be well,
8: fair, this is your... When
9: you make comments like that, you have to be careful who you say it to. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn it. I, I'm sorry.
8: It, 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 I, have no I have no inner <laughs> monologue.
4: To be fair, this is your first time on the overall GeekCast Radio main flagship podcast. So anything that happens on Cinema Geeks just doesn't count. Just Doesn't count? Yes. Just, just think of it as, you know, the Gremlins. Clean with... Slate.
8: Yeah. Clean <laughs> Slate. Where's my matchbook? Uh, I mean, let's go. Wait
4: wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Yeah.
8: You know, Jarvis just loaded the Clean Slate project for you. There you go. <laughs> You've mixed Iron Man and The Dark Knight Rises together.
4: <laughs> Sometimes genius just happens. Okay,
8: so happy
9: accident.
4: Uh, since Steve um, essentially got booted, or something happened with him last I week,
9: had, I had screaming kids. Yeah. <laughs>
10: They weren't That's happy she- with the countdown, so they are like, no. <laughs>
9: little, little banshees were up there going,
10: yeah!
9: And my wife was running back back and forth, so yeah.
10: So, and
4: obviously I wasn't here last week. And, uh, you know, I wanted to give this just this little piece here, uh, Steve and I, a chance to reply to some of the stuff that happened in part two. Um, it's a good thing I wasn't drinking anything when someone said – about the whole 67 66 thing with Batman because that was hilarious. <laughs> that
7: was Kevin. Yeah, that, that was that the... was genius on Kevin's behalf. I take no credit.
4: Yeah. Well, I really do. So, the main things that I don't have a problem with the countdown so far. The only
7: real thing for me is
4: she the shield from FX was my number 2 on my personal list. That show deserves to at least be top 15. That show in its seven, six, seven years did such amazing things or it essentially, every FX original series everyone loves now, The Shield launched all of that. I'm sure FX would have had something else do it, but The Shield is what did it in 2002. And yeah, that show deserves to be a little higher. Um. It wasn't until one of our commenters pointed or somebody on Twitter or wherever pointed out about the whole Arrow thing being at 52. I was like, ha,
8: funny. <laughs> you say this on the dawn of uh, bastard execution or getting canceled. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Sutter, the, uh, one of the guys who made the shield, is probably just like, thank you. Somebody loves me. Someone out there.
4: <laughs> Steve, did you have anything that you wanted to uh, reply to or anything you wanted to bring up before we get into the part three here?
9: No, if they want to hear my comments on uh, what fell where that I was not (laughs) a part of, uh, listen to last week's Altered Geek.
4: Or this week's, technically.
9: (laughs) No, I think I did it last week,
4: too. Oh. Uh, Yeah, could be.
9: I I I don't don't know. know. I've talked about it both weeks, so...
4: I've recorded so many podcasts in the past week and a half, I don't... You're drunk. Go home. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So... Oh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was the Cosby Show. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm just <laughs> gonna, I'm just gonna say this. You know, whatever you want to feel about the man, it doesn't take away from what the show did because of what the other actors did, not because of what he did. One of my favorite scenes from that entire show is mostly Felicia Rashad uh, yelling at Sandra. So you're gonna hear that, and then. And Dan's Sandra, gonna come I back to start the countdown after Rockins, this.
1: And then I'll be working side by side with my husband. Sandra, what are you saying? You have always wanted to go to law school. You've never talked about anything
2: else. I changed my mind. Change it back. <laughs> after all the money we spent sending you to Princeton? Sandra, you
3: owe us 79648 cents, and I
6: want my money now. Till I get my money,
3: I'll take whatever she's got. Empty her pockets. I want you to know now. No, I'm not. No, I'm not having this. No.
11: Well, really, both of us we have to be calm.
3: You calm down. If Elvin thinks that he is going to come in here and drag my baby off into some
8: harebrained business scheme and ruin what is potentially the greatest legal mind of this century, he's going to have me to deal with, and then he can come to you for treatment. <laughs>
10: 50 all righty well well when we started off the countdown at 100 actually at 99 we we entered the countdown with someone's number one and fittingly enough we are starting the top 50 again with someone's number one someone's number one that's on the podcast today Mm -hmm. Uh, it's also visiting a day and a time period that we talked about previously coming in at number 50 is none other than Boy Meets World Uh, with 637 points. It was on eight (laughs) lists, as highest ranked as number one, as I mentioned, by Steve Megatron Phillips. So fittingly, Steve, I think it makes sense to start with you here. Are you a little upset knowing it's your number one? Are you happy it's in the top 50? Are you upset it's not higher? What are your thoughts?
9: I'm happy it's in the top 50. I'm kind of upset it's not higher, uh, just because that was like my go-to show as a kid uh, growing up. Uh, watching it on tgif and i i i love the dynamic of the characters and, and and a lot of the issues that it pulled and i while i i can see why some of you chose like shows like the wonder years or stuff like that if that's what you grew up with for me this was like that show fittingly it's the brother <laughs> of the one from that show but um it's I, I don't know. I just I really enjoyed the show and and all the stuff it, it taught throughout its seven years on television, and then the fact that it's gotten a resurgence in recent years uh, under the new title "Girl Meets World," kind of continuing that universe um, with some of the same character 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 with some of the same carrot, 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 with some of the same carrot with some of the same carrot, 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 with some of the same carrot with some of the same carrot, with some of the same carrot, with some of the same carrot with some of the same carrot with some of the same character with some of the same character with
4: 87 right Kev I don't know I didn't watch it when I was young
6: oh well
4: in the late <laughs> in the late 80s when wonder years was on i remember watching the show but now today i didn't remember a single thing about the show i didn't remember a single theme song and the fact that um marv from home alone is the narrator for for you, uh, you, you didn't remember Winnie Cooper? Well, everybody remembers Winnie Cooper. I'm saying, <laughs> as far as the plots go, I didn't remember any of the storylines. Mm. So after we had that debate, I went on to um, went on to Netflix and I watched about five or six episodes of the first season. That show is just not my style. It just isn't. Boy Meets World, you know, as a by the time that was on i was 13 to 20 so um you know that was another one of those 90s life lesson shows and that is a show that i can watch all the time various episodes especially now as an adult being able to appreciate some of the adult humor with it with with their parents is just awesome so boy meets world i'm glad it's top 50 like steve i think it's easily top 25 top 15 at least
10: All right. well let's let's let have dj let's give you your first shot at this list seeing boy world coming at number 50 i know it wasn't on your list was it a show you watched do you think it deserves where it's at what do you think I,
8: I think it's pretty high i mean i'm 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 a really old person so i remember <laughs> one of the years uh and I kind of was getting into like movies around the time *Boy Meets World* came out, so I wasn't watching a lot of TV. But I do remember *Topanga*. That's
10: essentially <laughs> what, what *Topanga* drew me to and the Winnie show. Cooper. Come on, what's who that? Well,
8: again, I'm going Winnie Cooper because she was my childhood crush. But I mean, not to get chauvinistic here, *Topanga* was one of the main reasons I was trying to check that show out. And then I was just somehow fascinated that this was oh this is the brother of the guy from the Wonder Years. And it's more of and I like Mr. Feeney, uh he was in a uh guy from the, I think it's the father from the graduate, I believe. I forget his real name. Um and it's okay. It was a it's kind of a time where it was kind of like a sitcom kind of happily a happier show. Wonder years felt more of a like felt more like a small kind of mini movie than a than the one uh than Boy World which felt like a traditional sitcom. So it's not really one of my favorites, but I, I know it has a humongous following and the fact that it came back with the uh, the new incarnation. I, I think it's a little high, but I can understand it.
10: Oh, man, I know you had a lot of love for other 90s series. What are your thoughts on Boy Meets World here?
5: Uh, I was definitely a fan of Boy Meets World back in the Disney. I haven't caught up with the uh, Girl Meets World, but uh, I know that this was 23 on my list. Um Definitely higher than what we are having here, but I think that I was definitely the age group that it was geared towards and I connected to it. It was definitely, like I said. Um, part of my nostalgia with the '90s, and I like those little life lessons. That's where I like the Cable Guy. That's where I I learned my life lessons <laughs> from TV. Well, there you go.
10: <laughs> cable Guy and Boy Meets World did not expect expect that combination today, but you never know. <laughs> You're welcome. TV teaches me, <laughs> Kevin. You like
6: <laughs> somebody's got to count the babysitter. <laughs>
10: uh Kevin, you, like me and, and DJ, also did not rank Boy Meets World on your list. So what are your thoughts of seeing it coming in here? I know it's probably not surprising, but do you think it's deserving of, you know, being in top 50, being in the top
7: 100? I, I don't think so. Um, I'll be the resident uh, hater of, of <laughs> 90s uh, sitcoms, I guess. I mean
6: Hey, 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 hey.
7: I I mean, I didn't have uh, Home Improvement on here, I didn't have uh, Fresh Prince, I don't have Boy Meets World, I don't have Family Matters, I didn't rank any of them. Um, They're all the same show to me, so I just, and it has nothing to do with uh, me growing up. I'll hopefully save my Wonder Years comments for later, but I did not watch that show growing up, so it has no nostalgia. I did not watch Wonder Years (laughs) until I was 26. Oh, Seven or twenty nine or something like that. So
5: that's a weird age to start watching it. Like, how did you fall into this?
7: It was on TV and I started recording the episodes, and then I like started watching. And about five or six episodes in, I was hooked. And uh, <laughs> I'll, like I said, I'll save my comments. But so yeah, it wasn't a, it, it wasn't about that being a childhood thing for me. Um, maybe I was not the right age for Boy Meets World and some of these other ones. Like I said, Home Improvement, Family Matters. But I just, uh, for me, if I was going to put one of them on the list, it only would have been one. And in the end, I just had 100 shows that I thought were more worthy.
10: Yeah, I, I know I did grow up with Boy Meets World, you know, uh, oddly, when they were in seventh grade, I was in seventh grade. When they were in eighth grade, I was in eighth grade. And then they randomly jumped eight year like three years and graduated when I was still like a sophomore. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the show. It, uh, it certainly has its place. I know, like, among my age group, it does. It is one of the most talked about or. Uh, love shows. It still runs in syndication today, and it's because of how well it did in syndication that it did get uh, another spin-off series. I liked it, but like DJ mentioned, I don't know necessarily if it does much more with the sitcom genre that was done before. Like, com- looking at other ca- coming-of-age like sitcoms, it was good for it t- for what it was, but I d- I didn't necessarily think it transcended anything, or it was anything all that special, I guess, beyond just where its relationship to me if I was thinking objectively, you know it didn't really many doesn't have much award to claim. You know it was a, it was a fun show, but it just felt it fit in that mold of tgif and and I don't see it it's a show that if you gave to the same age group today. Like that wasn't meant for in the '90s. Would they still like it? I don't know. I, I, I can't really say. I, I don't think they would. Watching, I don't an...
4: think so because the the thing with today compared to the '90s is and showing Boy Meets World. Don't get me wrong. Boy Meets World shows its age with its references and everything else that's in the show. And kids today just don't understand that kids today don't understand half the stuff that happened in the nineties.
10: You know, it's not even the references; it's just the quality of it would be like. I like it's a Disney could... show now. It would be a Disney. it be like iCarly. Exactly, and I. And it's not a <laughs> show that now
8: it's better than iCarly. No, no, I'm not saying it's the same. I'm just saying it's <laughs> if, if it came out now, it would be on Disney. It definitely wouldn't be on ABC. <laughs> like it is, uh, yeah. I guess that's, that's <laughs> well, kind
4: of my. Technically, ABC owns or Disney owns ABC now, so it's kind of the same thing.
10: But it's the they thing, yeah, it, man, like it's too, a very but... specific age group it's going after. Like it's not right. like a home improvement it that could you could legitimately, you know, it was all ages from kids to adults. Women's world to me just had a specific age group and for a specific time. And if I'm looking at top one hundred, especially top fifty, I'm thinking of a show that can go beyond that. So I could see the argument for top top one hundred, I think more so in the eighties, but you know, it's uh, I definitely could see I mean there's a lot of people who had it very highly kept you know, with Steve and Mike weren't alone It was in a a top ten for some other people as well, so there were some people who truly, truly loved the show.
6: But uh, the
4: the last thing I'll say about it is that it's not more so the earlier seasons when they're growing up; it's the later seasons when they have to face adulthood that are that really make it good. And it can't help that you know Kit is in real life with William Daniels. I knew you were going to bring that up at some point. I my my whole thing
9: is is I would much rather watch this and get more out of it than I would if I watched um say like Full House or any of those other TGIF programs. So like to me, this was like the stronger show in my opinion of those.
10: Yeah, I I would agree it's better than Full House and probably Family Matters, but I still I don't know I guess Home Improvement technically not a TGIF show. But, uh,
5: Whatever. I love Family Matters. I
8: know. God. <laughs> I, I, I detest Family Matters so much. The only thing I loved about Family Matters was, was the Key and Peel sketch,
10: but I'm in the <laughs> that, that We talked about that last episode. but uh, All right. Yeah. Well, I think enough of Boy Win's World. I'd like to hear people's thoughts. Go to Key Cast Radio. And let's move on to the next in the countdown 49. We're going in a completely opposite direction with our next pick with number 49, though we are staying in the realm of comedy, but a little bit more, I guess adults, maybe, I'm not sure, Uh, but coming in at number 49 is Curb Your Enthusiasm with 642 points, so only uh, five more points than Boy Meets World. It was on 11 list. The highest ranked was 11 by one of uh, DJ's counterparts, but... uh, Kevin, I think on the, on the countdown, you're the only, only one that ranked this along with myself. You ranked it at 27. We I ranked it at 28. So we were very uh, capacetic when it came to Curb Your Enthusiasm. So it's falling much lower than re ranked it. What are your thoughts on seeing it coming in here at 49?
7: Uh, my only thought was I didn't know if maybe people would eliminate it and put just like Seinfeld on and leave Curb Your Enthusiasm off if they'd kind of lump them together as similar shows. So maybe they would only pick one. But I I don't know, I, I still think the writing and Curb Your Enthusiasm is, is pretty genius. The comedy is my style. So it's something that I appreciate. I can't really sit here by the emergency door exit. I think you better get someone else.
2: Okay, so we're about three minutes away from Wheels Up, so you okay. need to just stay put, okay? Because no, no, we've no, no, got a No, you
11: don't understand, I can't be sitting
3: here. If something happens, I can't, we won't be able to get out.
2: Calm down, okay?
3: I cannot do it. I will panic.
2: We will go down. All we need to know is that you're willing to assist passengers in the event of a non-traditional landing. I
3: cannot be of any help whatsoever in any kind of non-traditional landing or any traditional landing. Did you read the brochure? Read the brochure? I can't read that brochure. It's Chinese okay, to me. Oh, a- I'm sorry. you Chinese. Oh, you look a little Asian. I'm sorry. but you know, It's just an expression. But I don't think you are Chinese. You look maybe Thai. I'm not sure. Okay,
5: is it the seat or are you just scared of fly? No. I
3: choke under pressure in any kind of game, basketball. If I was on the foul line and towards like the last five minutes of the game, I would miss the entire rim. I don't I couldn't even hit the rim because I was choking, choking.
2: Sir, how about I get you a drink? Would you like a Merlot?
3: No, thank you. I don't drink. I don't drink. Just please find somebody else to sit.
7: Yeah. I think a lot of you, circles of people watch this and talk about it, but it doesn't get talked about a lot outside of that. Which I don't know. I don't know if it's more of an under the radar thing that, that not everybody's been exposed to, but I really enjoy Curb Your Enthusiasm.
10: Uh, DJ, any thoughts on Kirby Your enthusiasm. When I first uh, start, started
8: watching Your Enthusiasm, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't as knowledgeable in like movies and TV as I, I I guess I am now. I'm not saying I'm super knowledgeable, but I'm way more than I was at the time. And I didn't know Larry David had anything to do with Seinfeld. <laughs> so I when I watched the show and then I figured that out like really fast. Uh, I was like, oh, maybe this is just going to be like Seinfeld. But I think that show it takes. What Seinfeld was, and it expands upon it into this whole new world that I, I don't, and it touches stuff that Seinfeld could never, I don't think, could sure. touch on basic television, especially the uh, the lad the Latin series. And I, it's I, the I, HBO.
7: I, it's the HBO version of Seinfeld.
8: Yeah, and, but I mean, even being on HBO where they get to curse and they do all the other stuff, I think it just got to be its own. It got to make its own separate universe. Uh, Seinfeld has its own thing with Putty, uh, with Newman and all of that right. stuff, but Curb has a completely different, but just as huge universe. I mean, I, I was just, I, I haven't watched some of the latter seasons, but I think I, I think I gave up after Cheryl. And I gave up. I mean, I, I didn't have time to finish watching it. But the whole thing with <laughs> the, uh, him sleeping with the woman. Who hates Jewish people? I think <laughs> I think that was like maybe two seasons ago or three seasons ago. I just saw that one episode like on Fringe. It is uh, you can jump anywhere into Curb and laugh your ass off for me anyway. That the humor. I know Justin from my show. He's uh he's huge on Larry David, uh, in Seinfeld. So he he was like, Matt, you have to start get back on the horse. Get back on the horse. It's getting when JB <laughs> smooth the back on there. He's, he's so funny. Get back on there. And I I I got somewhat on there but uh curb i think i give it credit for not just doing exactly what seinfeld did it might seem like that on the periphery but it did it kind of just takes seinfeld and expands upon it which i I give it credit for yeah it's
10: you know from everything from the way it's shot like cinema cinema verite style it's almost documentary like but not completely to it it's very much within hollywood and like you know a lot of very much, you know, the meta jokes and how people play themselves and do it really well. I mean, it does come with a pedigree as well. It's nominated for 30, 38 Primetime Emmy Awards. Technically, it's a show that's not canceled, but yet, no. you know, but kind of is. Yeah. It's
8: so good. They can just pick it back up whenever the hell they want. So,
4: wait, essentially, it's going to become the live action Futurama.
10: Yeah. I mean, kind of, yeah. it's Well, it's. You know, they've had, you know, there was a clear history movie, which not technically Kirby Enthusiasm, but very much in the same vein. The way it's, the style is with the improv comedy, it's, it's really Larry David giving people that he, you know, his comedian friends and kind of getting together and making a funny show and it ends up working, you know, it's like.
8: That, if you... That's a good point. Cause I forgot all about that. That to me is also freaking awesome. I didn't even know that was possible when I heard about the whole, we just have outlines yeah. and then we go. Which is freaking awesome, and uh, it, it gave me a humongous appreciation for Super Dave Osborne, who I used to hate. <laughs> uh, maybe because of his humor, I, I was too young for to understand his humor. And if he is the funny he's one of the funniest people on that show. So yeah, uh, I forget I forget his name. He's uh, Albert Brooks's brother, I believe. Really? Um, I, was not aware. I, I I think he's related to Albert Brooks in some way. But yeah. Um... With
1: Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. More than once, actually.
2: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
10: Great, great, great show. All righty. Well, for our next countdown, we're going to get into one of the more more unique shows that will be on the list today for sure. 48 coming in at number 48 we have mystery science theater 3000 with 648 points it was on 10 list as highest ranked as number two so it was in one person's top five and uh dj let's start with you here because it was in your top five as well at number four yeah. so what are your thoughts on seeing mystery science theater 3000 fall here much much Lower or higher, however you want to say it, than you had it. So you're a little disappointed. It's only at number 48.
8: Uh, I'm glad it's in the top 50. I wish it was higher. I mean, and when you told me to make my list, I was kind of saying, telling you that I'm going to do it on shows that essentially have influenced me. And nothing, when it comes from for me being for writing and being and doing skits and doing the podcast and stuff like that, nothing has influenced our my humor more than Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is essentially. Three guys, two of them being robotic, um, cracking wise in a the movie theater for, for, uh, as a show. And it used to come on Comedy Central at, at midnight, and I used to st- fight t- tired them to stay up to watch it. It was so good with Joel, and then they got Mike later. I, I'm, I'm a Joel guy. Uh, so in T. Robot, and if, if you've paid attention to any of my shows, uh, I'm heavily robot influenced because of this show. I, I didn't. No, I know. They, I, I, in hindsight, I realized they write a lot of their material. But I was like, man, these are some of the most quick-witted uh, guys ever. And when I realized they write their stuff, and I'm like, well, they're, well, they're still very, very clever jokes. And it made me watch movies that I would have probably never. <laughs> Manos Hands of Fate, uh, uh, Space, the uh, Space Chief, movies that uh, Free Jackin' or whatever it's called. I'd have never watched any of these movies. It got me kind of into movies and got me into making fun of movies or just talking about movies of hey, man have you seen have you seen the space chief have you have you seen uh, santa claus in the Mar- meets the martians have you seen any of these movies mystery science theater is probably one of my favorite comedic shows on television i'm kind of disappointed it's not higher but i mean i it's to each his own so I, I i understand for me it's definitely my top five uh
10: steve you also had this ranked on your list you actually were not that far off at 56 so what are your thoughts on seeing it here
9: I'm actually kind of glad it's on there. I, again, this, this is one of those categories that they were films that I would never watch had they not had the, the goofy commentaries going through them. Uh, and I, I can honestly say this is one of the few instances of like uh DVD, like basically movie commentaries that I can actually sit through because it's entertaining and it's funny. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I'm not one for beef likes at all, but they, they made them so hilarious that it was worth watching. Uh, and I I love the fact that they're finally kind of they've gotten uh what was it a Kickstarter or a Patreon yeah they're, they, they're, they're coming back their
8: two million dollar goal already yeah
9: yeah so I mean like the following on this show is just epic just overall everybody loves it that that's watched it there's there's just a lot to it that is smart and quick witted so
10: Kev, I know you did not have it on your, your list but any thoughts here on Mystery Science Theater 3000 yeah this was one of those that was on my
7: first draft that uh was in the possibilities but then it just kind of got weeded out if i was doing like a top 150 it for sure would have been in there um and it should probably made my list anyways this is probably one of the best shows ever to put on uh with a group of like if you're in high school or college like just a group of buddies and just put it on and drink or (laughs) do whatever (laughs) and it's just like It's completely entertaining. You don't have to – you feel like you don't necessarily have to invest in it or you don't have to – You know, it's not going to tax your brain or anything like that. It's just put it on, uh, have fun with the guys that are cracking all the jokes and with their quick-witted humor. And and like DJ and and Steve both said, allow yourself to watch movies you otherwise wouldn't have watched and and find out that you can enjoy something for entirely different reasons than you think you can. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, very intelligent – written show and i have it's one of those rare ones that's not wasn't on my top 100 that i have no problem actually making the top 100
8: great theme song too
10: (laughs) (laughs)
7: mike i also same question
10: for you it was not on your top 100 but what are your thoughts on seeing it fall here at number 48
4: I guess it's alright. I have never actually seen a single thing from this show. I do oh, not remember man. it at all. It is Treat on yourself.
10: Netflix, so you enjoy Treat yourself. yourself yeah.
4: yeah, it's on it's on Netflix and if anyone wants the DVDs you can go over to shoutfactory dot com and get all of the DVDs from Shout Factory.
10: <laughs> I mean Actually, I came to the show super late. I Actually, came to it when it was on Sci-Fi. It was they would show it like in Saturday mornings, and I, and I it was like, all right, there's a good ninety to two hours I'm gonna be doing because I have nothing else better to do. <laughs> uh, it's one of the first shows to go viral, but you know, before viral was a thing, where it became popular because people were passing the tapes around, similar to like how South South Park became a thing. Uh, And it's also, you know, we talk about TV shows having influence in TV, but it's obviously, as podcasters, uh, a TV show that has highly influenced so many podcasts, the idea of just, it's such a simple concept (laughs) that you just wonder, like, why didn't anyone else do it beforehand? But they do it brilliantly and add a nice little twist to it, or just making fun of movies as they're going on. But there's a brilliance to what they're doing, like DJ mentioned. It seems like they're just on the spot saying it, but obviously they... Put a lot of research in, make like the best shows possible. So, uh, it's I think a lot. Of, they make it look easy, and then when you hear other people do it, you're like, oh no, this is not <laughs> not nearly as good. You should not do this. Please stop. I
8: used to watch it scrambled. Uh, th- this is this is going back to the day when there was. Something called cable boxes, and <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. Those are you have, called DVRs now. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I didn't have the channel. I think it came on Comedy Central, then Sci-Fi. I didn't have Sci-Fi, but I I had a cable box where it was. You could, if you went to the channel at a certain spot, it was scrambled enough where you could kind of see what was. Because I was so craved for that humor, I'd never heard anybody tell jokes like that before. So yeah, this this shows it's it's one of the, the building blocks of DJ Valentine.
10: Alrighty. <laughs> Well, let's move on to the next in the countdown as we're getting to our first classic comedy of the day.
3: 47.
10: We have not had many classic comedies but we're getting to another one and some may say it's the most classic of all the classic comedies as in coming in at number 47. We have The Honeymooners. It was on nine lists, as highest ranked as number 7 with 655 points. Oddly I was the only one out of all of us to rank it. I find that surprising. (laughs) Um, I guess I'll start here with The Honeymooners. I had it ranked uh, where did I have it ranked? I had it ranked rather high. I had it ranked number 17 on my list because I, I know it's only on for one season but when I think classic comedy it's one of the first ones that come to my mind I mean it kind of provided a type of TV that was never on before or type of people type of style like TV was so polished it was everything was so perfect Often, and this was a type of family that you, a ne- type of like family unit that you would never see. People have a lot of problems, yell at each other, and you know Jackie Gleason, dude. Like, Jackie Gleason has just created anything he does, comedy or drama, and he created one of the okay, most I'll iconic see. characters you of all well time. Don't
11: get this into your head. A fishing trip is just like a Turkish bath. It's for men only. I catch the fish. You cook the fish. The only time we're together is when we eat the fish. So it's final, it's settled, and it's over and done with. You are not going on a fishing trip. Hi, Alice.
5: Sorry I was late, honey. I had some shopping to do, but I'll have your supper ready for
6: you in a minute. Uh, Alice.
11: Yes? I want to tell you something.
6: Well? Well? I'll tell
10: you later. Okay. Doing okay. it live every week, you know, I know. I remember when Drew Carey did a live show? It was like the biggest thing ever. They just did it as the norm then, and it and it really melded the the stage presence to television as the TV was really starting off. So I, I honestly think it should be higher. I uh, I'm glad it's on the list. I'm glad it's in the top 50, but for me, is it's a top 20 show, despite the fact it's only was on for one season because when it was on it was it was rather popular and i think we look at iconic shows i, I think it ranks up there but uh, uh let, okay let's start with you here any thoughts on honeymooners falling in here at number 47
7: i guess this is another one i don't necessarily have a problem i think this somehow just kind of got lost in the shuffle as i was sorting shows and ranking shows and looking at different aspects of it because i i do uh, i have liked what i've seen of that um I haven't seen any episodes for a long time, but when I was a kid, I remember still thinking it was funny. It is iconic, like you're talking about, even though it was only on for one season. I think somehow it just kind of got lost in the shuffle with uh, some other classic comedies that I was considering, and uh, I was kind of, when you said it, I was looking for where I ranked it on my list, and I was like, oh, (laughs) I guess I didn't, but uh, it definitely would be uh, in consideration uh, for a spot if I was doing it again and, and somehow didn't lose it in the shuffle, I guess.
10: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly there's a lot of shows It's easy to lose stuff. But uh, uh, Mike, any thoughts on the honeymooners?
4: I remember a lot of the quotes from the show. I mean, who doesn't remember one of these days, Alice? You know, I
10: mean, come on. Spousal
4: huh?
6: abuse. Uh, yeah. Know,
4: <laughs> okay, but that was a different time. Okay, the the honeymooners is actually you know TV's answer to Nick and Nora. Honestly, I mean, seriously, come on. But I I honestly cannot. The two things i remember from that show one has has something you know like like i said all the quotes and the lines and stuff like that and the other thing is um oh i've seen this one this is a repeat repeat it just came on from when marty went back in time
8: probably can watch jackie gleason while
4: we eat yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs>
10: DJ, but any thoughts I on
8: The Honeymooners? I really honeymoon- need
10: to go back and watch that show again. Uh, DJ, any thoughts on The Honeymooners? I,
8: I Again, this is a, a show I didn't grow up with. I, I, I You didn't grow I up with I, it? You
10: weren't born in, like, you know, 19 I'm old. I'm pretty old.
8: I'm Highlander old. No, uh, I was introduced to Jackie Gleason through Smokey and the Bandit because I'm a huge Smokey and the Bandit fan. And then I, I – then, um, people in my family who were older than me were like uh yeah it's jackie gleason you don't know jackie gleason i'm like no this guy's awesome he's so funny he's like you should watch the honeymooners and i sat down and watched a couple of episodes when i was very young and i was like wow this is uh irreverent
6: <laughs> like, for, for,
8: like you're saying for the time i mean this is essentially the precursor of shows like married with children which might or might not be on my list uh
4: <laughs> you sound almost ashamed of that
8: no no i'm not ashamed I, I that but yeah it's, it's essentially the joke that they're saying in that show especially the bam zoom to the moon all that stuff i'm like wow they they could get away with this back in the day <laughs> of course Holy crap uh you couldn't get away with that now um but no it's uh, it
6: lucky land casino
0: asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
1: lucky in line at the deli i guess Haha, in my dentist's office.
0: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void
8: were prohibited by law.
1: 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
8: These are just geniuses at work. You got R. Carney, you got Jackie Gleason. Those are, these are like the types of shows, this and I Love Lucy, that you, 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 it's like the, the Mount Martin Rushmore of uh, television shows. It may not be uh, an influence on me, but I definitely respect it
10: yeah for, for sure i I watched it a lot cause my parents were were big fans of I mean it's only had thirty nine episodes so it you know had a few you know type of a revival shows and here and there but you know the, they call it the classic thirty nine I think or are pretty you know uh certainly have their impact on t v so are right, any other thoughts on the honeymooners before we move on to the next in the countdown
4: it influenced and it pretty much is the the inspiration for the Flintstones. Yes, oh,
8: definitely. <laughs> yeah. And
4: there was also the Honey Mousers from Looney Tunes, and I really want to think I know Mel Blanc had his big deal and his vo- his name was on the all the voice characterization, but I really want to think that was Jackie Gleason playing the <laughs> the mouse version of Ralph
8: <laughs> Honey Mousers. That's called, that's that's a throwback right there.
10: <laughs> <laughs> that's my specialty. And we'll have another throwback with our next in the countdown.
8: 46.
10: Coming in at number 46, it's it's coming from a time period that we have not been in all that much, surprisingly. But I think there will be uh, one person on the episode that's at least happy that it's on the list. Maybe not happy. It's high enough. Uh, Coming in at number 46, we have, you gotta love it when a list comes together, we have the A-Team. It was on nine list, as highest ranked as number 5 by none other than TFG1 Mike, and it received 658 points, only three more points than the Honeymooners. Not many people that will rank A-Team higher than the Honeymooners, that's what you get here at GeekCast Radio. So so Mike, let's start with you here as you had it ranked at number 5. You wanna
4: know the ironic thing? I just started rewatching. I just started watching the first
10: episode like five hours before we did this recording. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get prepped. Gotta get prepped.
4: Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh,
10: are you upset it's not higher? What are your thoughts seeing it here at number 46?
4: Even though I'm a diehard kid of the 80s, I can't expect all the 80s shows to be top 10, top 20. So, 46 is. Uh, I would say 18 at least deserves top 30, at least at number 30, maybe. The show <laughs> characterized four very different personalities with with Hannibal, with B.A., with uh, Face and Murdoch. And you always had this sense of, especially with B.A. and Murdoch, you know, I ain't flying with that fool. You know, I mean, you, you just can't help but quote Mr. T., um, it's just one of those things where their "quote unquote" friendship uh, is just endearing. It really, really is. Because, and what people might may or may not realize is these are a group of military men. You know, you know that's the other strong thing about their friendship. And while you know it's great that MacGyver can do all the stuff they do by himself, watching each of them forming the plan that comes together in each episode to do what they do to stop the bad guys, to get, you know, justice for their clients. You know, people might say, Oh, but they're just soldiers of fortune. They charge people money, but well, they got to be able to do the next scheme or the next, you know, the next adventure. So I, I absolutely love the A team coming in at 46. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm glad it made top 50.
10: Uh, Amanda, we even heard from you a little bit. Uh, any thoughts on the A-Team at all? Is it a show that you caught up with? Any? Uh, your, I know it's one that's kind of in the zeitgeist, even if you didn't see it. So, do you think it's deserving uh, of this high rank?
5: Uh, I, I think that's a good spot. I didn't see too much of the show. Um, my um, interaction with A-Team has been uh, the movie version um, with Rampage <laughs> Jackson in it. Uh, well,
8: shame.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: Um, that movie aside, I think that it's it's super iconic. Um, definitely made Mr. T um, a, a huge icon. And I think that it's definitely deserving of the top 50.
10: Steve, you actually had it ranked at 51, so you're not that far off. So you're happy where it's fallen? Oh, yeah, I'm
9: happy where it fell. I, I, I really enjoyed the show. Uh, I love the theme song. I love the casting. Uh, uh, just the whole, you know, Soldiers of Fortune thing, that was one of the fun parts about the show um and then the the witty banter between the uh uh different and uh strange personalities that you had throughout the show so uh y- you know it it's it, it's very simple but it's it's very very fun so
4: okay. and say what you will about the movie i'm sorry uh you know
8: it's Liam, good but it's Liam, not, it doesn't replaced well, the original actor. it should have been know. so much better okay it, I mean, okay, okay
4: yes it should have been so much better but I, in, in the performances way Liam Neeson was a damn good stand-in for George Bapard and just seeing um oh god what's his name Bradley Cooper yes just seeing Bradley Cooper and Dirk Benedict interact in the <laughs> a sauna. you know in the <laughs> sauna scene that was just epic it really really was
10: uh, Kev, last week we talked about how there was not much 80s rep- representation, which is odd for her countdown at Geek Ass Radio, so I'm guessing you're not too surprised that it's falling here at number 46.
7: Um, I'm not too surprised, and I definitely think it's a, it's an iconic name, and it has iconic personalities and characters involved. Me, personally, I'd probably put five or six other action shows from the 80s ahead of it, and f- as far as quality goes, but... Uh, it does have the name recognition, so I'm not surprised it shows up.
10: Uh, DJ, any thoughts on the A Team? Oh man, uh, I might be the wrong guy to go here because I, <laughs> I freaking
8: love the show. Uh, I mean, I'm—I I, I mean, I ate Mr. T cereal. I watched the Mr. Nice. T cartoon show. I had the car, the die-cast van. Uh, me and my friends for Halloween, we dressed up as the freaking A Team. I was george perpard because he is my favorite member of the a-team i love the a-team so much and i think that was really what angered me about the movie it wasn't me really about the movie i just i love that show so much and when i and, and all the pieces that were there it should have worked so much you got bradley cooper and liam neeson and, and charlotte copley and rampage jackson whatever and then you have George, <laughs> you have joe, joe, joe carnahan yeah, Joe Carnahan as a director. I'm like, this should have been so much better. Guy who did Narc, let's go. And it's just kind of like, eh. yeah. it, 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 again, it's it's my childhood uh, bias. And I, I I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've always wondered this. George George Papad's character um, Hannibal. Hannibal. Awesome, awesome, awesome. He has he wore because my costume was the gloves. I had the black gloves and I had the cigar and I had the like the the, the, the members only jacket. He had burn marks on his hands. Is that what was going on where he wore the gloves all the time? I'm not sure. I have to rewatch it. I, I remember him because he he'd be on the cover of the DVDs wearing the black leather gloves. And I go, I wonder why he.
10: I think it's was it a tribute to Michael Jackson? It wasn't. That <laughs> oh
8: wow! No, you didn't just go there. The Michael Jackson. Did you
5: just three snaps and see formation over there? Because that's what that sounded like.
8: I think it was two snaps and a twist. I mean,
4: <laughs> and all I can think of is is Kit from Knight Rider back in '82 in part one. And Michael Jackson, Moonwalk. <laughs>
8: <laughs> but no, A-Team is awesome. I love the show so much. I I, I, don't know, I can't remember where I put it. It might not even have been. I had to, like, fight my heart in my head when I was making my list. <laughs> so it, if it was my heart, it would be really, really, really high. But, uh, yeah, I love the A-Team
4: now that I know you're a super fan, I've got plans for you podcasting-wise regarding the show.
8: Let's
10: do it. Be scared. Be very scared. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Dan. (laughs) All right. Well, for our next in the countdown, uh, you know, we we always have those shows of the countdown that people talk about. I think this will probably definitely be one of them. 45. Coming in at number 45, it wasn't inevitable you would get here sometime. The question was when. Uh, At number 45, we're having another superhero show, another CW superhero show. Arrow fell at 52. The Flash is falling at number 45 with 692 points. uh, Highest ranked as number three, of course. And was on nine lists. And I know, Mike, you had this in your top ten at number ten. So, again, two shows in a row, two shows in your top ten going down. Little, Little upset that The Flash is falling here at number 45.
4: Well, first of all, I want to throw somebody under the bus and ask Kevin why he thinks the writing is so bad in this show.
7: When did I ever say the writing was bad? In this <laughs> you said the writing was bad in the show was cheesy. No. I was referring oh. to Gotham. Okay. That would be correct. Fact, okay. That be correct. <laughs> I mean, was all about Gotham. It,
4: it so. sounded like you were talking about The Flash in that comment. But anyway, yeah. The Flash, no. <laughs>
7: Train
4: monkey I, I just exactly. <laughs> I just said on this week's Altered Geek <laughs> that until this show... I didn't care one bit about learning anything about Barry (laughs) Allen. I grew up with the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, DC Animated Universe, and Wally West was my flash. And having this show come out of Arrow, and I wasn't upset that it was Barry and not Wally or whatever, I was interested because at that point when Arrow debuted the thing, it, um, you know, it was was cool. And... uh, I love the effects. I love the cast. Uh, The action in the show is just great. Some people might say that season one was a lot of villain of the week. I don't see it that way because at least after episode 15 or 16 out of that 22 episode season, 22, 23, however many they had. I think they had had 23. I don't know. Whatever. Um, You know, after uh, episode 15 or so, the show started going a direction of following the timeline and dealing with Harrison Wells and dealing with uh, you know him being Eobard Thon and everything else. And season two has only kicked it up even more. Uh, it really has with, with the whole breaches thing, and now you know we have the you know, Earth infinite Earths and all that. And the way I look at the Flash at this point is season one was Flashpoint. Season two is Crisis on, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Yeah. Um, and I, I just can't wait to watch every single episode of this show. It's just so good. I think the coolest thing they did, the the, the coolest comedy moment they did was actually in season one when they actually uh, said, hey, look, here's Grant Gustin. He used to be on Glee. And he, they, they had the karaoke episode. I thought that was awesome. <laughs>
10: Steve, you had this at number four, uh, actually the second highest ranker of the Flash. So you, what are your thoughts at seeing it fall?
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in
1: line at the deli, I guess. Haha, in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do
2: I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: I never win and tell.
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
10: All the way at number 45. i was sad. <laughs>
9: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was at least top 25. I I really enjoyed that. This is probably one of the most enjoyable superhero shows for me out of all of the ones that I've I've ranked. And Uh, to see it fall this low like or this place in the list just has me sad um it's the special effects are great for what it is it's got one of the highest rankings it's actually caused cw to actually be one of the highest ranking uh channels due to this show alone um and and the fact that it's you know, for those that, that love Daredevil, okay, I, I get that. But, like, the for, like, anything that's on television right now that's, like, actually on TV, uh, I think The Flash is the strongest one out of all of them.
10: Uh, Amanda, let's throw it over to you. Uh, thoughts on seeing this? I know we had a lot of love. A lot of people think it's too low. Do you think it's too high, and it's more of a product of the superhero bias we are known and love for?
5: I think it's definitely <laughs> a product of our... Um, geek bias here with the, the comic book stuff. I, I've seen some of this when it first came out. Um, I dragged Kevin along for the first couple episodes and, um, I don't think that we got very far in it at all. We we're trying to, to match it up with our arrow watching at the same time. I even watched like Flashpoint Paradox, um, for this to try to, you know, get a feel of it. And, um, I, I it was okay. I don't think it's as good as Arrow. I'm surprised that it's beating out Arrow, honestly.
10: Interesting, interesting. DJ, thoughts on The Flash? I know you're more of a Marvel fan, if I'm not mistaken, but...
5: Well, I, I live-tweet
8: uh, Flash and Arrow and um, uh, Supergirl for at Channel superhero, and I. we talk about uh, Flash and Arrow comparisons on our show all the time. I think the difference between Arrow and Flash is that Arrow one it was the litmus test for this uh well i guess uh, smallville was but uh, this new iteration of greg berlanti stuff flash arrow hit its stride probably season two and it kind of got lost its way halfway through season three flash hit its stride midway through season one and its consistency of the show is just so it, it doesn't lose its consistency arrow kind of Gets a little herky jerky now where you don't know what it's kind of unsure tonally. Flash from the get go, it's a it's it's probably one of the most I wouldn't say it's not it's my favorite uh, comic book show. Mine, I am one of those daredevil guys, but it's probably the most consistently good show of all the comic book shows. There, you can find the arrow stinker in there somewhere, or even a daredevil stinker, which is very hard for me to find. Uh... <laughs> Uh, or definitely an Ages of Steel stinker, or an entire season of Gotham, which all stinks. Uh, but Flash is just consistent. And one of the positives of the show that is probably overlooked by everybody, Grant Gustin, I, I, I apologize. I didn't think he was going to be that great when I heard about him, and he's great. But it's the supporting cast around him that makes that show so good. Jesse L. Martin, Joe, who I always say as I'm live-tweeting the show, is my favorite character on the show. He is such a grounding force to that show. Any scene with him and, and uh, Grant Gustin, Barry, if you read it on a paper, it's the most cheesiest, cliched thing you've ever read in your life. But they are such—Jesse uh, L. Martin especially, and maybe John Wesley Ship, the uh, original Flash, they're such good at portraying this cheesy thing in such a realistic and actually endearing manner— which I think Arrow sometimes has problems doing. Their actors around uh, Stephen Amell aren't as strong as you got Tom Cavanaugh, you got Jesse L. Martin, John Wesley Shipp, as I mentioned, Mark frickin' Hamill will show up once in a while. It's such a consistently good show. So uh, I would say this is high because it's so new, but, uh, I, I again, I can understand.
5: So um, I definitely need to finish watching at least the first season?
8: Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. If you... If you if you hit your 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 anchor onto the supporting actors for first off Cisco gets way better on that show. At at the first like four episodes I hated him. I was like I hate this guy. Please stop <laughs> yeah. talking. Even when he was on Arrow I was like please stop talking. Please stop talking. But now he he gets every good line of the show. It's it's now the Cisco when I'm live tweeting it, it's the Cisco watch. When is it gonna be the Cisco line of the night? or something and they got like great character victor garber i forgot about will show up and just do yes. great performances on that show arrow is kind of lacking in that strong other than barrowman they don't have a really strong uh grounding force around steven amell it's steven amell so she's carrying it because it's not laura lance it's not <laughs> no. thea no. it's 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 barrowman it's probably uh david ramsey for diggle and mm-hmm. that's about it Hello, really. diggle it's, <laughs> and Felicity, Felicity, who got good and sucked last season. They they effed up her character. But there's, everybody around Grant Gustin on that show is a veteran good actor. So, yeah, Flash is a great show. It, it, it For me, it doesn't beat out Daredevil, but it's, it's still a very, very good show.
6: You it's, said... It is
9: very strong, like, overall between all the people. And, and I do agree, Cisco does get better with time. Yeah. Uh, and especially with season two, he has a more amped up role. Mm-hmm uh, because of events that happened at the end of season one. So it's, it's definitely, uh, it's only gotten stronger. Whereas like a lot of the other superhero shows kind of have ups and downs. Um, and and even, even talking like Gotham, Gotham only got good in season two, season one, blue, um, through most of it. And then you get, then (laughs) you get agents of shield and, and the third season actually starting to get better starting.
6: Starting. uh,
9: arrow the the seasons better now so i mean like overall flash is the only only one consistently getting better at each episode
10: kevin uh usually when we get to the top 50 the question usually stops being do these shows belong in the top 100 and more so they should belong is this one of the shows where we're seeing that maybe doesn't belong in the top 100
7: well, I mean, you asked before about a superhero bias. We have Agents of Shield on our top 100 TV shows <laughs> yeah, of all time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the only thing that's the only thing that's surprising me about our superhero bias is somehow a, a show like Gotham somehow didn't make the list. Thank well, God, but y- y- yes, yes. But I mean, I'm surprised it didn't with some of the other stuff that we've seen so i mean i think the flash is a great show i mean i've only seen about a third of the third or a half of the first season and you know i like arrow i like flash uh, i really really like daredevil and so all these shows are are good but flash and arrow being top 50 around that mark of, of all time that's a little bit high it, yeah. At all, I mean, I I could see this maybe if they came in in the 90s or something like that.
10: Yeah, I I didn't rank the Flash or the Arrow. I I like the Flash a lot. Arrow, like I s- said last week, I as DJ mentioned too, it's way way too inconsistent for me. Flash is a good show. I'm not saying this as a knock against the Flash, but you're talking about 50, top 50 shows of all time, not you know top 50 shows of today. Definitely, uh, of all time, you, I don't I don't know like. We talked about Kirby enthusiasm, the honeymooners. Am I putting the Flash in that same category? No. If I'm comparing it within its genre of the superhero shows, you know, it's certainly up there. But I, I I don't. If we're getting into like the best of the best, I don't necessarily see it yet. Its potential. I don't know. I I enjoy it, but it's not something where I feel that it's. deserving at this point where I know I I do, I have ranked current shows that that only are in one season and I've enjoyed The Flash but like looking at Mr. Robot in DJ's favorite show that we talked about (laughs) last week you know, looking at that season compared to this, I think Mr. Robot's far more deserving based upon what it's done than The Flash, Uh, not saying again, it's not a bad show, it's a enjoyable show but I think it's more so if you remove the fact that superheroes and then I don't know if it would be nearly this high.
7: Well this might give hope to those people that were uh, holding out hope that they might see something like The Incredible Hulk show up. I mean if the flash is showing up, maybe we'll get some classic stuff. Yeah. I mean, we live in a
8: world where Gorilla grod
7: shows up <laughs> in multiple
8: episodes of it. I mean, if you don't if you're not a comic book reader, the absurdity of them doing a TV show where Rainbow a Warrior shows up and Wentworth Miller is Captain Cole is just, I'm, I'm sorry, for a comic book old geek like me, it's just kind
6: of,
8: <laughs> I'm not a DC, I'm a Marvel over DC, but I've read DC, and I know some of how kooky Flash's rogues gallery is, and these guys seem to figure out how to not shy away from it, play upon it, or, you know, use the, the absurdity to their advantage, and Arrow is only good now when he's with him.
6: <laughs> when Arrow
8: shows up on The Flash, it's like, that's the Arrow I love. Where has that Arrow
4: gone? Well, you said earlier that, that Arrow is kind of herky-jerky, and all I can think of is, so essentially what you're saying is Arrow is essentially Humpty Dumpty just dangling on the wall. <laughs>
9: I will say Arrow does have this every other season thing, kind of like the Star Trek films. It's The first season's not very good, second's great, third's not very good, and then the fourth is great
8: so far. I'm most worried about Flash. Like, this is the second season. This is when Arrow hit its stride, and then it fell off a cliff, literally. Uh, I just think there's a lot more to do with the Flash,
9: though, than with Arrow. Like, Arrow's having to tap into, like, a
8: lot of other Well, Arrow's PCs, Batman. rogues galleries.
6: Th- yeah. They're just oh, doing yeah.
8: Batman with Green Arrow, because they can't use Batman for some reason. Which is which ridiculous. It's fine. It's just wish you'd, you know... I don't know, something, it's, it just seems like it's half-boiled. I know you guys probably talked to Arrow to death last time, so I, I I just stick with Flash. Flash is just so, you can just see it, it's consistent. I just hope it doesn't, again, fall off a cliff, literally, like Arrow did. And it's
4: I, it's I, such I, a fun show, even when at the end of Season 1, and I'm trying my best not to spoil this for Kevin and Amanda, even at the end of Season 1 going into Season 2, how it got so dark. Yeah. It didn't get dark like Arrow got dark. It yeah. still had a light-hearted humor to it underneath the tones that were dark. And that's what works. You know, you mentioned earlier about Jesse L. Martin. Yeah, As soon as I saw him cast as Joe West, I'm like, oh my God. It's, it's, it's Mr. <laughs> Law and Order himself. It's like, oh, my God. Yes, and he's playing a cop. That's great. That works. He
8: owns every single scene <laughs> he's in. He owns the scene. Have it's you not like...
4: seen the most recent episode?
8: Yeah, I'm all going to have to. I the have three to. of them,
4: all three, uh, uh, Barry, Joe, and and Henry. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. No, No, Henry. They owned owned that entire ending scene. That was
8: amazing. There's a a scene uh, last, not this episode that just aired, the episode before. I won't spoil anything. But something happens with Flash, and Tom Cavanaugh is essentially trying to be this big, bad, mean dude. And Jesse L. Martin is angry, and he slams Tom Cavanaugh against this wall. And it's the most real. I was like, whoa! <laughs> it was just such a great moment because it was real. Like, it's like, oh my god, it, Jesse L. Martin is just owning this show, and he, he's not—he's not, not going to get the credit because he's not—he doesn't run super fast or have any powers. He's just a good man who's a father figure to Barry, which is a, a grounding force which Arrow is severely lacking right now. So, I mean, other than Felicity, there's not a lot of grounding forces around Stephen Amell acting wise.
4: You know what that scene reminded me of? Hmm goodwill hunting don't you ever disrespect my wife again all right? yes end you that like,
8: scene end right, you the, the perfect perfect example because That's it made cool. me jump like oh, oh yeah all right and then i understood it like yep he he doesn't give a crap about how cool you think you are or any of that stuff you mess with my family i'll kill you that was just such a realistic moment i thought Absolutely.
10: yeah all right well let's move on to the next in the countdown 44 Alrighty, Well, coming in at number 44, we're actually traveling to a ground that we saw a lot of so far in this countdown, surprisingly, which is one of the big surprises as we go back to the world of sketch comedy, as in coming in at number 44 is Chappelle's Show with 694 points. It was on 11th list, as highest ranked as number three. Actually, DJ, I will start with you here as you had it at number 10. So, again, situation where it's not nearly as high as you ranked it. A little disappointed. That you, we are not seeing Chappelle show higher than number 44.
8: I think the flaming out of the Chappelle show and that kind of ghost season that happened while uh, Dave was in Africa trying to find himself again uh, <laughs> kind of might have tanned it. But you have to understand, when Chappelle show came out, it was... Phenom- like a phenomenon. It wasn't just like, oh, this that was really funny. Everybody if any walks of life was talking about Chappelle's show. Did you see that sketch? you see the Rick James sketch? Did you see the Prince basketball sketch? Or did Kelly you see Katt, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the the race draft? Did you see that? I mean, every sketch was... I mean, you watch SNL. There's like one sketch maybe out of three episodes that are like, oh, that was really funny. Every <laughs> sketch on Chappelle's show was just knocking it out of the park. I, and this is why I kind of like uh, Key and Peele, even them who I love a lot, they'll have an sketch in there that's kind of like, eh, that was alright. Chappelle was knocking them all out of the park, and you we were just seeing a comedian really at the height of his powers, almost Eddie Murphy like. I'm not saying he's as good as Eddie Murphy, because Eddie Murphy was uh, another. he's like a freaking icon. He still is. Uh, but it was just like t- such a rise to power, and he, and even as you see, Chappelle knew he was rising very fast, and that pressure. Against, I, I, guess, I guess, this. This was so much to bear, but that show is so great. I'm looking at it right now, it's on my counter. The both seasons of the spell show, I have season one, and season two. It is so funny. And uh, the drop off in comedy after that show went off the air, it's like you know, a black hole. It's the gargantuan and interstellar. Just sucked up when Chappelle left. It was a this abyss of no comedy until Key and Peel kind of showed up, which I think. It's not, Key and Peele is a great show, not as good as Chappelle's show, but it, they're, they're like a nice ointment for the burn left after <laughs>
10: Chappelle left. I definitely, I think Key and Peele started them getting much better shows than they had in, in a long time, a show that was not point zero. Oh. Kevin, I know <laughs> we talked about the fact that sketch comedy being a big surprise, and you mentioning that you'd be surprised if we saw more modern sketch comedy than classic sketch comedy. Was this one that you're surprised at seeing as we're getting Chappelle's show here at number 44?
7: No, I'm not necessarily surprised at seeing it. It, it does support the fact that somehow we're going to see more modern sketch comedies than classic when I think it was much more of a staple for classic TV in the 50s and, and whatnot. I, I ranked six, I think six sketch comedies in my top 100. This just was on the outside looking in. Um, if, if I was to add one or two more sketch comedies, this would have definitely been one of them. So I mean I, I agree with you everything you guys have been saying about Chappelle's Show and how popular it was and and like DJ was saying the the biggest draw to it was the fact that it was hit after hit after hit where there's been a f- times when Saturday Night Live can get to that point but it's been for me a long time since it's been that um, and and there's a lot more misses on Saturday Night Live than you got with Chappelle's Show um, I don't know if it's fair to judge you know three years versus decades of shows of course yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, Chappelle' show is great. I wish it would have, I was kind of getting into it the most, right, as it kind of fizzled out, so it was kind of a bummer, but, uh, I think it's, I think it's deserving of being in the conversation, regardless of if it's on the list or not. Amanda, any thoughts on Chappelle' show?
5: I actually raked it at number 98, um, I wanted to put it higher, but I, I just had so much on my list that I couldn't squeak it in, um, who doesn't like the Black white supremacist skin. I thought oh, that Jesus. was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I have that entire skit memorized. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, I think he was he was super revolutionary, and I think he took um, like DJ said that that um, Eddie Murphy Richard Pryor feel and turned it into some something modern that people could really get behind and. In, in, put a bunch of stuff out there that people were too scared to to bring up, or they, they didn't want to risk their reputation, but his whole reputation was based on this controversy, and he made it happen.
10: Yeah, and I remember being one of the first shows that it was like a web hit in the sense that the night after it came on, I was in high school and we were going to the computers and we were watching those skits and trying. and the, the back You had
5: computers when you were in high school?
10: They did. Oh, <laughs>
5: uh, I the know you room. just had a
10: birthday dance. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> I know. Handys, oh, blow the handy computers. They were they were the size of a room and. <laughs> Do you want to play a game? <laughs> exactly.
6: <laughs> we, we had
10: Kong. It was a good like time. It dope. was a good time. But yeah, I remember being one of the first shows where it, you know, it was an internet sensation as well because of just how, how great it was. And it, I think, it could have even, you know, it it didn't drop off because well, it dropped off not because of quality but just because of factors outside of the show. And if you know Chappelle stayed with it, it could have even been better. But the what he did do was certainly. Phenomenal, and the fact that it still gets run on Comedy Central, and it's still like one of the best-rated shows on that network, even though it's not been on the air or new episodes for over a decade. So it does show you that, you know, the quality of that show. Alrighty, let's move on to next in the countdown. Forty-three. Coming in at number 43, we're going to one place we were at once so far. Going back there again, we've talked about different networks and things of that like that. FX has been dominated in the countdown well. We had one Netflix show, and we're getting another Netflix show. Coming in at number 43, we have House of Cards with 694 points. It was on 11 list, highest ranked at number 4, so it was in someone's top 5. Uh DJ I'll get and start start w- start with you because you did have this on your list. So what are your thoughts on seeing House of Cards drop here at uh number 43? Think it's too low, too high, good spot?
8: I think it's a little low. I think time's going to tell. Uh this is one of the most successful remakes of a show because this is uh up up there with The Office, I guess, because this is the British mini series House of Cards uh it is also very like renowned and people like. But if you if you watch this show, man, it is people talk about Scandal, and I was having a big discussion with my sister who's a huge Scandal fan. She's like, why don't you watch Scandal? Because I go, well, I can watch House of Cards, which is a better written, better performed show with Oscar-winning actors and Oscar-nominated directors with the same kind of subject matter and enjoy that in a movie form with no censorship. That's why I watch House of Cards and not Scandal, because you got Kevin frickin' Spacey,
11: all right, David Fincher that directs the pilot. Oh, president-elect garrett walker do i like him no do i believe in him that's beside the point any politician that gets 70 million votes has tapped into something larger than himself larger than even me as much as i hate to admit it look at that winning smile those trusting eyes
6: i latched onto him
11: early on and made myself vital after 22 years in congress i can smell which way the wind is blowing Oh, Jim Matthews, his right honorable vice president, former governor of Pennsylvania. He did his duty in delivering the Keystone State, bless his heart, and now they're about to put him out to pasture. But he looks happy enough, doesn't he? For some, it's simply the size of the chair. Linda Vasquez, Walker's chief of staff. I got her hired. She's a woman, check, and a Latina, check, but more important than that, she's as tough as a $2 stick, check, check, check. When it comes to the White House, you not only need the keys in your back pocket, you need the gatekeeper. As for me, I'm just the lowly House majority whip. I keep things moving in a Congress choked by pettiness and lassitude. My job is to clear the pipes and keep the sludge moving. But I won't have to be a plumber much longer. I've done my time. I've backed the right man. Give and take.
8: Uh, Robin Wright, well, I'm, if you know anything about me, I'm a huge proponent of... Uh, strong female characters, and Robin Wright might play the strongest female character we've seen on television in maybe 20 years. It's essentially Macbeth, and it's just she is the Lady Macbeth of this show. And what got me, kind of a spoiler alert, there's a sequence that happens in the first, maybe one or two episodes, maybe the first episode, where she, Kevin Spacey's a politician, he kind of cheats on robin Wright with this other character and when he comes home you're just gonna see how, how is this gonna play out and you realize she knows all about it she doesn't care anything about that their relationship is strong enough to where it's about power for them sex is a tool to get what they want it's such a well-written and the way she robin Wright performs it's such a well-written well-performed show from top to bottom it's it, and I know if you're not into politics and stuff, it could get a little, I know, over your head stuff. All you gotta do is just tie your boat to Kevin Spacey. He <laughs> is the driving force of this show. On top of the fact that he's breaking the fourth wall, and as a Deadpool fan, any guy who breaks the fourth wall, Ferris Bueller, uh it's great. It's great. And uh the second the season that this passed was probably the weakest of, of the seasons. But still, as weak as it could have been, it's still Kevin Spacey just killing it on that show. Um, One of of probably the best actors working right now. So, yeah, House of Cards, great show for me.
10: Yeah, it's... As someone who loves monologues, House of Cards oh, is yeah. perfect because
8: Kevin yeah, Spacey she has, she has,
10: she has a, a bunch of them, you know, every so nearly every other episode. Just salmon is, you know, like you said, breaking the fourth wall monologue, having that Fincher style to it, the cinematic feeling. to. There's this, like, dark, ominous tone throughout the series. I kind of love season two the most because it gets so yeah. just outrageous like super opera just crazy <laughs> at times where it's like okay yes. there's no there's no barriers anymore they're just gonna be super cheesy cheesy is a strong word sleazy maybe and like just revel in it you know they're gonna go some really interesting places like you mentioned i thought season three was lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
1: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
10: Probably, I just felt like season three just was trying to lead something and didn't quite get yeah. there. Well, um, they, weakened, they
8: weakened Robin Wright, which yeah. I kind of got upset about. Because she, I'm, I'm telling you, she's my, again, favorite character on the show because she is such the anti- cliched woman in a a television show like this where it's like oh she'll complain about this no she won't she'll revel in it or she will she'll uh revel in this no she this affects her it's like it's she does everything that you think she's gonna how she's gonna react is the complete opposite and it's so interesting to watch her play
10: it it's also a show that you know has a huge impact just because it legitimizes netflix as a as a location for television. You know, yeah. it that it kinda of put all of its money in the basket of House of Cards and it ended up paying off. It was nominated. It was the first web series nominated for major Emmys for Best Series. You know, Golden Globes as well. Kevin Spacey was has been nominated, Robin Wright as well. So it has a pedigree there. So it was you know there's a lot of pressure on House of Cards to succeed. And if it didn't succeed, Netflix may not be what it is now. We may not get shows like Daredevil or Jessica Jones mm-hmm. because House of Cards isn't successful who knows what happens with Netflix. So it ended up paying off and people loving it. I know people when it would, when the series is coming out, I knew people who would take the day off because they want to sit, sit home and watch the entire series. Oh yeah. So.
8: I've been, I was one of those people. Yeah. I binged, I binged <laughs> season two. I ran through that. I was like, I got to take up make a weekend of this. Cause I was yeah. just going to watch this whole see It's the whole series. And again it's just great it this attract Corey Stole David Fit Jody Foster directed a couple episodes just so much talent has run through that that, that series it's 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 phenomenal
10: All right well what, how, I'm trying to come up with a non sequitur for our next entry as we get into number 42 42 Coming in at number 42, we're going to an area we're very familiar with when it comes to the world of the top 100s, as in the world of animation. As we're getting another animated show, our third of the countdown so far. Uh, Coming in at number 2, we have Family Guy with 697 points, so only three more points than that of House of Cards. It was on 11 lists, as highest ranked as number 5. Uh, Steve, let's start with you here because you had it ranked at number 70, so the other half of the top 50. What are your thoughts on seeing it make the top 50? Do you feel it's deserving or do you feel it should be higher on the list or lower or, again, I can't ever figure out which way direction-wise that should go? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not disappointed with it. I I kind of
9: saw that coming uh, at some point. I was actually wondering when it was going to show up, more so because the following it has, besides the fact that it's – well, I mean, it didn't it get canceled and revived at one point? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what feels. I thought. I think it's a little bit better than Simpsons to some degree because it kind of still covers some other things that, I don't know, I, I think it's still fresh enough that it, it can hit some different notes that, that Simpsons has kind of lost over the years, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I'd, I just I think that the show like it's not one of my favorites but it's it's definitely an iconic uh primetime sunday animation show.
7: Yeah, it's definitely something that uh, gets talked about a lot. It's definitely very much in the now and and you know, something that people are aware of. That everybody knows the characters involved. For me, oddly enough, you'd be surprised Mike, but I didn't actually rank it in my top 100. Um I I used only... to <laughs> uh, we know your- th- we know your I thoughts refused,
4: about like just
7: no. okay, go ahead, Mike <laughs> but i I only had room for three animated uh t v shows in my top one hundred if I was to expand that to like five family Guy probably with one other one would have would have snuck in, but I don't think you can deny the presence of Family Guy over the last decade decade and a half but um. I don't know i know. i did not think it would be on the countdown and i definitely did not think it would be up this high but i was smiling from ear to ear when dan said it just because i was picturing mike's face so, of
8: pure anger
7: yeah <laughs> he hates this show unequivocally for no reason so um dj what do you what do you think about family guy
8: uh i got into family guy in college uh and would this say that during college uh coming <laughs> home after you know being out exactly. and you're with a bunch of your friends and you're maybe imbibing in certain things. Family Guy is a great show for that. Uh, <laughs> and I was, we were very happy to see a lot of our, a lot of pop culture references that we grew up with. Cobra commander for one, showing up on a cartoon show <laughs> as a joke, which I thought I would never see to say Simpsons wouldn't do that. But as I got older um, I, and I compared it to shows like a South park where they're handling issues in a much better written way, in a cleverer way. And so, uh, Family Guy, this comes off a little bit more shallow in the w- terms of, we're just going to show you a pop culture reference and we're going to beat this joke until it's pulp. You know, that kind of <laughs> bothered me. So uh, when I was younger and uh, I didn't care, it's a, it was a good show to just come home at 2 o'clock in the morning, pop on and, you know, giggle with your friends. But when it comes to the grand scheme of animated uh, shows that are more geared toward adults, I, I, I would put it under definitely under south park and i guess just for longevity's sake i put it under simpsons yeah and uh,
7: the the other one that's already shown up uh the one animated that has shown up is the flintstones and i don't mm -hmm. think you can put family guy ahead of that i think the biggest drawback from family guy for me as someone who actually loves the show is it does definitely have some consistency (laughs) issues and it has its ups and downs and for that reason i don't i don't see it as a top 50 show um
4: i'd switch the flintstones in this Easily.
5: I'd switch your mom for this.
4: <laughs> Jesus. Well, she's dead. You want to go dig her up? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this has gotten really dark all of a sudden. <laughs> you said, D- DJ, you said imbibing all I can think of his dogma.
6: Angels can't
7: imbibe alcohol, hence all the spitting. I am Alan
6: Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> DJ hit it right on the
7: head, though, the- though. The- The best way to watch Family Guy and experience that was in college was after a night of drinking and was with just a few friends because that was when it was at its what It was
8: made for. That's literally why it got a second life because it got canceled and then people bought it on DVD and would pop it in at 2 o'clock in the morning coming from the club. it's probably watched
7: more on DVD than it was on TV.
8: Definitely. So, yeah. I mean, again, in that veil of intoxication, it's probably very great. But when you start putting it up soberly, again, writing wise, and I mean me being very highfalutin' and saying writing wise and story wise and consistency wise, I just don't get as clever a writing. It's essentially just a pop culture joke uh, callback, pop culture joke callback show, where South Park is doing taking that pop culture reference and really just dig it into the clever part of it. I mean, it might seem like oh, it's a fart joke or the Killing Kelly. No, 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 no. They do certain things on that show where it's really deconstruct, especially the episode where they sh- uh, crapped all over <laughs> Simpsons and Family Guy. So, yeah, it, for the essentially- Yelp
4: episode, the Yelp episode was awesome. <laughs>
8: yeah, I mean, they essentially uh, deconstructed and showed you the formula that makes Pop uh, Family Guy run, which is good again uh, in short doses. But as a longevity of a show, it's not that not that
10: great. Alright, any other thoughts on Family Guy before we move on to the next in the countdown? Alrighty, let's move on to our next in the list, and we are again, one of the shows I feel like are going to be a highlight of this countdown.
6: Hmm.
10: 41. With Boy Meets World, we had a show that was very much in the 90s, very much in the zeitgeist that we grew up in, and I feel that's the same thing with our next entry at number 41. As I remember when this debuted on Netflix, it was one of the most talked-about shows, even though it was over for a decade. As coming in at number 41, we have Friends, and it's the first show to break the 700-point barrier as it received 700 points. It was on 11 lists, as highest-ranked as number 6, so it was on one person's top 10 uh kevin i will start with you here and this is a lot a lot a lot higher rank than or a lot lower ranked i should say than you had it i think you had it in your top 20 so you think this is a little low for friends coming in here at 41
7: It's probably a little low. I know Friends is getting maybe a little bit more hate from people as years pass. And I know obviously this is part of the influence for why we're doing this uh, list in the first place. But I think the reason I do still rank Friends slightly higher than this is because it was not necessarily the carbon copy um, sitcom or whatever you want to call it. it. I mean, you had so many sitcoms that were following the same formula, had like the family element or this, that, and the other. You can't name out too many that were like friends before that. Maybe a couple in like a roundabout way could be compared to it, but it was very unique. Uh, it definitely was on, you know, for 10 seasons, and it was easily one of the most popular shows for an entire generation, an entire decade. It was in the, it was a top 10 rated show, nine of its 10 seasons including number one rated show in the country one of those years so it was definitely very popular um and i don't know i I think there's something to say for the format and for what they were doing and and yeah some of the stuff got drawn out maybe longer than needed to and everybody has characters that they like or characters that they don't like but there was no one that was growing up in the 90s that didn't know what friends was and what was you know what it was all about
10: I just didn't care. You had it uh Amanda, you had it at fifteen, so actually a little little a little lower than Kevin, but not that far off. So similar thoughts to Kevin that you think it should be higher than number forty one on the list?
5: No, I think it's okay. I had it ranked pretty high on my list just because of the huge following that it had. And I think it still has to this day. I mean, I think it sparked Jennifer Aniston's career, definitely, right? I mean, not the leprechaun that she was in. <laughs> uh, that helped too. <laughs> that,
10: that was a key component. That got her the uh, We Are don't the Millers. crap on leprechaun. Don't you
5: dare. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, I saw that, like, H6 uh, have been on board for a while with the leprechaun train. But Jennifer Aniston, um, you know, Joey, didn't he get his own show for a second, too? <laughs> oh, yeah. For a second. <laughs> um, not much longer. <laughs> <than that. laughs> that happened <laughs> <laughs> that did happen uh i think that it, it probably gets more love than it, it does deserve just because it got drawn out after a while and um but it's just you can't deny the the iconic nature of it
10: yeah i mean i did grow up really loving the friends i still i still like it now it's one of the I, it's on like, like tbs or syndication a lot i think the first thing i remember a friend seeing was actually an animaniacs episode before i started watching friends and then Getting into it, and I think too, it's one of the first ensemble comedies where there was not a major character that was the 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 center point. Like they all had like equal time, and they were all the chemistry between the cast was certainly phenomenal. I mean, it went on for ten seasons, and maybe the latter seasons weren't as good as prime, but it it also just you know it was so. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten
0: lucky?
1: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.
10: So much of the 90s i watched the you know watching it on netflix now it just feels like a representation of everything 90s from the dress to the hairstyles to the way they talk like chandler started a new way of talking like you there's so (laughs) many people that talk like chandler now you know could you be more annoying you know that that became a thing and still is to this day so and i think it's it is quite funny it was highly rated it had was uh You know, like Kevin mentioned, it was a very popular show. It received 62 Primetime Emmy Award nominations. It's won a bunch as well. So it's uh, one of those shows that both had critical and fan base. So I think it's definitely deserving. 41 is a good spot. I think you could make the argument it could be higher. Uh, But, DJ, any thoughts before we move on to the next in the countdown?
8: Uh, (laughs) I kind of was introduced to this show... Through Chandler because uh, I didn't understand what the hell the big deal was with Friends and somebody goes, hey, you watch this episode with me, and uh, I was I was trying to date this person, so I was like, fine, I'll watch the episode, and it was uh, the I'm trapped in an ATM vestibule with Jill Goodacre, and that was I thought was really funny, and I was like, oh, that was pretty funny. Uh, I'll stick to Chandler. And I started watching some of these shows. I was like, hmm, this show is not meant for me, but it is a it's like the McDonald's. It's I, I, I don't eat mcdonald's but i understand that it's a global freaking phenomenon and i cannot escape it so i i understand that uh being ranked on this list this wouldn't be ranked anywhere on my list and it's oddly the the the, for them to be in new york (laughs) the the demographics of that show always bothered me a little bit but i mean that's just i could kind of chocolate love our friends (laughs)
7: I think that show
4: killed the Rembrandt's career, honestly. (laughs) Whatever the the hell happened to that band?
7: I don't know. It made their career and it killed it, because I'm pretty sure that was.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, the only episode I remember from the show, outside of the the constant will-they-won't-they crap from Ross and Rachel, was the Hootie and the Blowfish concert.
5: Mm. (laughs) I'd peg you for a stinky cat episode, guy.
10: Those are good episodes, too. I mean, when when she had the sexy voice, that was a good time.
5: (laughs) I was once compared uh, to Phoebe from Friends. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. But. uh...
10: I guess, it's being, I guess it's better than being I guess that's better than being at Rachel I don't know you yeah, know I don't know that how many I mean how many people have seen those stupid quizzes on Facebook like what friends person are you I always get, <laughs> I always, I always get the monkey and I'm weird I don't know You
8: got the outbreak that's monkey oh my god that's the best <laughs> character in the whole series <laughs> you killed Kevin Spacey
10: <laughs> alrighty well let's move on to the next in the countdown 40. Coming in at number 40, we're going across the pond for our number 40 entry. Uh, coming in with 717 points, it was on 12 lists, as highest ranked as number one. So we are seeing another number one fall, the second of the countdown today. Uh, it is Sherlock, uh, the Ooh. BBC drama starring none other than the best-named actor today, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. DJ, you had this ranked as well, rather high. So, what are your thoughts on seeing Sherlock fall here?
8: Great thing about the character of Sherlock Holmes is that you can make seventy-five different iterations <laughs> of him, and they all be equally interesting. I mean, you have Mister Holmes, you've got Benedict, you got uh, Elementary, you got Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, uh, Benedict Benedict uh It was. Something I kind of found on a like, some, oh, watch this BBC show, and I kind of didn't really wasn't I wasn't really going to sit there and watch it. And the scene where he figures out in the first episode uh, Martin Freeman's backstory by the phone, the way they shot it, uh, Moffat uh, does it with the the text on the screen. I just thought it was this is a different take from uh, any Sherlock Holmes I've seen, and I, I've seen so many Sherlock Holmes versions. I did. We were just coming off of the Robert Downey Jr. one where Guy Ritchie was doing the play it in your head and play it back thing. And this is a completely different way of how his mind works. Instead of the manic, uh, Robert Downey Jr. kind of played it like the the, the drug-induced Holmes. Uh, Benedict was playing it almost like Asperger's. Like, it's like he can't control it kind of thing. I just thought it was very, very, very interesting. I do love the show. I love the way they formatted it, where it's just three
11: mini-movies, kind of. Sherlock, actual human, like, just so I know, do you care about that at all? Well, caring about them helps save them. Nope. Then I'll continue not to make that mistake. You find that easy, do you? Yes, very. Is that news to you?
3: No. No.
11: I've disappointed you. It's good. It's a good deduction, yeah. Don't make people into heroes, John. Heroes don't exist, and if they did, I wouldn't
8: be one of them. And the chemistry with Benedict and Martin Freeman is, I think, uh, I want to say the best. I, I do love Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, uh, I like the show, but I don't think the chemistry between uh, Lucy Liu and the other guy from Train Spotting, I forget his name right now. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller. I don't think their chemistry is as good as Martin Freeman and, and Benedict Cumberbatch. He is, it's great. And he was supposed to be Doctor Who, and they, I think they cast, um, I think it was Matt Smith instead or something. Uh, and he, they gave him Sherlock instead. And I, it's just, it's such a really well written show um so yeah i'm a big fan of sherlock
4: yeah johnny lee miller will always be zero cool
8: <laughs> he's great on that show he's a great sherlock holmes as well i just that show does have its problems. it does a elementary as compared to sherlock i think does the most interesting thing with moriarty than any i've ever seen before but i won't spoil it but uh uh, uh it uh the the sherlock show i think is just a better written show better actors Better yeah shot. And,
6: yeah,
10: and I think too the thing that always kills me with with Sherlock is just the production of it like you mentioned just It revolutionized how we use text in movies, in TV shows. Up to that point, it was always so clunky how people would have to do it, either have people read it or show the screen. But the way they so effortlessly did it, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but considering how often and how much it's been duplicated other places, and I love the format of the three-episode seasons that are 90 minutes each. I think it really allows for tight stories that are, you know, basically mini-movies or complete movies, really. And Martin Freeman, Benedict Cumberbatch, or phenomenal actors i mean they're in everything nowadays and you know benefit coming back to becoming dr strange and uh, he's uh, to me my he probably my favorite sherlock is probably my favorite sherlock property more so than elementary which i haven't really seen so i can't say but even more than the rdj rdj movies but
8: you can like it you can you, you can enjoy them to me that's why i like the character sherlock such a it's like one of the oldest superheroes you can enjoy them equally and separately. I can watch Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie, and then I can watch the TV show, and they're the same character, but completely two different ways of playing it, and I, I can enjoy them both. That just makes the, that's a testament to the character, I think. Definitely. As much
10: as
5: I like I like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, I can't bring myself to watch that because I'm in such love with the RDJ films. I mean, I like Guy Ritchie's stuff. It won't hurt it. I'm scared, too. It won't hurt it
8: because he's playing it. it, It's essentially, one, it's in modern day, which is another interesting thing to do with Sherlock Holmes because just imagine that brain. This is before Elementary came out. Imagine that brain in modern day. And the way they shoot it is just, it's the same but different. I don't know how to explain it. it. He's playing it almost like a mental disorder where Robert Downey Jr. is playing it like he's manic. You don't know. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is playing it like he's just a drunken. Uh, Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. He's playing it like himself, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's playing like 90s Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Wait,
4: isn't matches is strange? I thought uh, BD Wong was going to be Hugo
10: Strange.
8: No, 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 no. That's Hugo Strange in Gotham. Oh, uh, uh, okay, playing, yeah, uh, Stephen Strange, yeah. Doctor Strange. Okay, right? okay, yeah, yeah.
10: But yeah, so I'm happy to see it fall here. I had it a little higher, but I'm glad it made the left. So let's move on to the next in the countdown. Again, getting into uh, an area we haven't seen a lot, but it seems like it's popping up a lot, this portion of the countdown.
3: 39.
10: All righty, coming in at number 39 uh, with 734 points. It was on 12 lists, as highest ranked as number 8. We have Roseanne the comedy from the ran from 1988 to 1997. We talked, I think we even mentioned a little bit this already when we mentioned the honeymooners, uh, Kevin, I'll start with you here. Cause you had this ranked as thir- at 13. Are you a little upset? It's not any higher. You think it, it's much more deserving of being higher on the count than countdown than where it's falling.
7: Um, I, I I'm not, I'm not surprised that it's not higher. Um, upset I'm not gonna get upset but I mean you got to though. get 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 emotional about it <laughs> this, this, this definitely i mean our countdown is a little bit more aimed uh i think it's given a little more credit so far it might change but to more modern stuff and what's in the now so i'm not surprised that it's a little bit lower Uh, this is not a show that i necessarily liked when i was uh, younger it's not a show that i cared for when it was actually live but it's something that i came to appreciate a lot more as i watched it in reruns syndication etc um And this was something that, yeah, it has the same type of structure as a lot of sitcoms that came before it or that came after it as far as the family dynamic. But what Roseanne did was completely different than most of those. And I give it credit for not being afraid to push the boundaries and not in a crude way like Married with Children in a completely different way for me because married with children more was a more of a turnoff for me than Roseanne was. I I don't don't know. It was on for 10 years. It, you know, highly rated seven times in the top 10 and obviously Roseanne as just an individual is iconic. Um, Whether you like her or not, just don't let her sing the national anthem. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I think this is one that has had some staying power and this is something that you can watch, even though I didn't like it when it was live. It's something that you can watch after the fact and still today and it still works it still holds up regardless of the time period that it was shot and the location that it was shot which is actually right up my right up our alley where we're living um but it's just something that i think you can watch and you can still get something out of it and you can still kind of understand why it worked so for me i think it deserves to be probably top 25 material um but i'm not upset that it's top 50.
10: I mean, this actually fell lower. You had it at 66. It's falling here at 40. What do you think about Roseanne seeing it here?
5: I did rank it a little bit lower, but I didn't know how much love that it would get. And I didn't want, I didn't want to get too much shit for having a lot of love for Roseanne. Cause I'm pretty sure the true romance guys are going to come out with some Tammy comment and shit <laughs> on my parade.
6: So,
5: <laughs> um, <laughs> I it lower just to save face, <laughs> but I, I watched a ton of Roseanne. Um, I feel like that was my family back in the day. My mom was so much like that. Um, she, uh, uh, she, I, I, she was so reminiscent of my mom that I was like, man, I wish that my mom was as cool as Roseanne. But I, I think that I, I, I definitely connected with the daughters and the characters a lot. So John
7: freaking Goodman.
5: He, I mean, their their relationship was hilarious. Their marriage was, um, they they didn't take it too seriously. But when they but... got
7: serious, it was different than when you tried to get serious, like on. Whatever, like on a full house or on some of these other shows where it just kind of just felt like, oh, the you know, it's the PSA time and it's cheesy. Like when when Roseanne got serious and dealt with serious issues, it was like like, you took it serious. It wasn't cheesy. It was for me something that resonated more than some a lot of other sitcoms were able to pull off.
10: I think, I think part of it was like the authenticity of it coming from the mind of Roseanne, where a lot of other shows that kind of try to represent similar cultures or similar lifestyles, you can tell it wasn't coming from someone who maybe lived that lifestyle. Where Roseanne felt that way, I felt like okay, these are people that this is that are real. They're unlike anyone else in TV. Really, they they don't have the. Yeah, you know, they they're blunt, they're brash, and I actually growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch Roseanne. It wasn't until later till I watched it. But uh, uh, Mike, even how they
7: dealt with the the cast change was kind of clever. Yeah,
10: yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike or Steve, any thoughts on Roseanne?
4: Go ahead, Mike. I I just oh, God, <laughs> yes, John Goodman was amazing, but honestly, the only thing I can really praise this show for is basically. Cultivating Johnny Galecki's humor and propelling him to the Big Bang Theory.
10: Just
6: That's All because
5: right. you weren't a middle class little white girl growing up in <laughs> a family like this no, that was thought a, farts were funny mind. and talked about dirty stuff at yeah. the dinner table and ate a lot of Wonder Bread, and my mom cut my hair with a flowbeat. Okay? So, <laughs> so well,
4: does that, that mean could've... you have one He Man as well? That's obviously
9: very specific.
8: <laughs> why did you have those things exactly happen to you? <laughs> well, is no, your mom actually
10: Roseanne Barr? Psychological
4: analysis of Amanda. This episode's going on too long as it is.
10: Uh, Steve, any thoughts on Roseanne?
9: Um, it really wasn't my favorite show. Like it was one of those shows that if it was on, I'd watch it. But the only thing that was—I I don't know—Roseanne's voice was grating on me. I couldn't really watch it all that much. Um, John Goodman's about the only saving grace for him for me in the entire show, so I mean I can see why it's on the list, but I I personally didn't vote for it.
4: You want to know the really funny thing about Roseanne when it comes to this show and her is that she is now where she was on investigation discovery doing a show called Momsters where they profile psychotic mothers. <laughs>
10: <laughs> I can't believe that's a thing. That scares me. already. uh DJ, any thoughts on Roseanne?
8: Uh, this show is pretty easy to break down, uh, objectively. It, it, you know, it works when John Goodman's there and when he's not, it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, and, and to Roseanne's credit, a lo- lover or a hater, uh, this is a, the show was groundbreaking for a female comedian to lead a show for this long on AB, it was ABC, I, I believe. So yeah, yeah, ABC. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a groundbreaking show. It wasn't one of my favorite shows, but, it did introduce me to, as everybody said, the, the, the wonderful John Goodman, and I thought Roseanne came off as actually charming when she was doing scenes with him. It's just like you know, which you got to understand how good John Goodman is. He made Roseanne Barr charming,
7: <laughs> much much different than those scenes that she had with Tom Arnold.
8: <laughs> exactly.
7: <laughs> actually, it's going to be quite fitting with
10: the next show we talked about it's almost the perfect placement really
3: 38
10: as mentioned i think this is the perfect placement for this show because it actually was just talked about as in coming in next we have married with children It was on Ooh. 11 lists as with 739 points as highest ranked as number three by none other than dj so dj i'm just gonna let you carry it away here roseanne versus married with children i'm guessing you're going married with children
8: well, I, I told you Mystery Science Theater kind of uh, 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 formulated a lot of my comedy and my humor anyway, and uh, uh, Married with Children is another one. And the thing about Married with Children is it completely still holds up. <laughs> I was watching it yesterday, and its the jokes are still just as funny. Ed O'Neill playing, ooh, if you know Ed O'Neill off camera, he's doing a, a magnificent acting job here because he's this schlubby guy. And Ed O'Neill's like the most classiest like, like aristocratic type of person you've ever met, but on this show he's like essentially this schlub of a dude who can't catch a break, whose wife hates him, whose daughter's an idiot, whose son's a, a perverted weasel, and you love them. And the greatest episodes of the show aren't just them fighting; it's them dealing with another family and them joining together to get back at that family. That's the, the, the stuck in traffic scene the at the park with six scene. I, everything about Mary with children to me is just funny. I mean, and it, it, you, you're talking about the honeymooners where it's essentially uh, Ralph and, uh, and his wife and they're just yelling at each other. And this is the same thing. Peg will give as good as she gets, maybe more so, and it, it's just like such a funny show ed o'neill at the height of his powers and when i see my modern family he's funny but man he brought me to tears Still was.
11: what your little ruler says i've been a seven since i graduated from high school well these are sevens
0: the box says nine because well uh <laughs> Look, lady, you're a nine. I can accept it. Why can't you? You're very fresh. No, ma'am, that's impossible. Because for the last hour, I've been trying to squeeze your foot into a shoe when I really should have been easing them into the box. So I'd say I'm anything but fresh. By the way, you want to tell John Henry over there to give the $100 pumps a rest?
11: Your ad says courteous service. That's not
0: my ad, ma'am. That's the former owner's. He was killed tragically on this very spot when a size nine exploded in his face.
6: Come on, Arnold. We're leaving. I want a balloon.
11: You've already got one.
8: I I still remember that same episode where you can't remember the name of the damn song. And he's in the line at a music store. And this guy can recognize every song everybody gives him. But when Ed O'Neill goes, "Mm mm-hmm, him, never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) This <laughs> <laughs> can't catch a break. He's the grown up version of Charlie Brown married to uh the wife of the guy who gave you Son of the Anarchy. So yes, great, great show.
10: <laughs> and uh, Futurama as well. Uh yeah. Kevin, I know you already mentioned this, but uh it's ironically talking, Roseanne and married with children. Are you in the under other end of this conversation regarding where, where Roseanne and Married with Children are falling?
7: Yeah, there's no way married with children's better than Roseanne. Come on uh, right. now. <laughs> um, John mind. Goodman versus Ed O'Neill. I'll take John Goodman every single time you give me that option. No, man. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hated Marriage with Children growing up, and I just couldn't watch it. So uh, maybe I need to revisit it if it holds up as well as DJ says, but I just can't picture it somehow being ranked higher than Roseanne. What part did you hate? If I could... every, Everything. Everything. <laughs> like like what <laughs> he wasn't I, I didn't the find, dogs The dogs are yeah <laughs> no I, I just didn't find the jokes funny and i was i just found it more off-putting and crude and i just didn't enjoy it that's that's me as a younger person like i said i haven't seen any of these episodes since the 1990 early 90s so maybe if i revisit it i'll have a different opinion
10: steve you had this at 68 so what are your thoughts seeing it here
9: um, I'm glad that it made the list. It's one of those shows that I remember watching uh, when I was younger. I, albeit it's not appropriate for you know a kid to watch anyway, but um, it it kind of was groundbreaking in a sense because this was like one of the things that put Fox on the uh, on the radar. This yeah. was and the
4: thing that put Fox on the, the map. The well, and that's what I'm saying.
9: Like you had this, show. and then you had The Simpsons shortly thereafter. So yeah. I mean, between the two, that's pretty much why Fox is what it is today and it the fact that it it kind of pushed the limits on everything and it was kind of risque at the time and uh, it, it you know and everything that DJ said on it I mean it's it's just it, it's a great show I, I I would much rather watch this than watch Roseanne definitely
4: <laughs> absolutely.
10: Mike, so you—it uh, was not on your list, but are you okay with it falling here at number thirty-eight? No, it 38?
4: wasn't on my list. I—I I don't know. Again, a lot of the shows that I've, you know, tried to put on my list and whatever else. To, as I have said, some of these shows I barely remember. I remember Married with Children. I remember all the different things. I remember the fights with the with the Darcys, both sets of the couple of the Darcys. Because, let's face it. I, see, DJ, maybe you can answer this. Hmm. Is it just me or are the Darcy's essentially like Van Halen? You're either a Steve guy or a or, Jefferson guy or I you're like, either a Sammy guy. Okay. A
8: Jefferson has this, his, <laughs> Jefferson has one of my favorite lines of the series, which is gold. Thou art my master command me, which is a great <laughs> line. But I think I was always a Steve guy because I think he Jefferson was kind of Al's friend where Steve and Al did not like each other They're at all. Full-on
4: nemesis, yeah. <laughs>
8: nemesis. Jefferson and Al kind of were pick at each other, but they were more friendly than, than than Steve was. So, yeah, I'm more of a Steve guy because when Al is dealing with an antagonist is when he's at his best, I oh, think, absolutely. or his worst, actually. <laughs> so. I think the
4: coolest things about Mary with Children for me is when they eventually had to go out and either see Al's family or Peggy's family.
6: Yes, yes. <laughs> just...
4: Just see the the overall origins of where they both came from,
8: <laughs> where Al's this great football legend in, <laughs> in
4: his, own <laughs> his own mind
8: mind <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I know this, this might be I'm in the you know the outlier here, but the show is just I'm telling you, watch it now. i I, I watched the episode where uh, it's him and Griff at the shoe store. The whole episode's at the shoe store, and I'm riveted. It's just so funny. and it's it's you're right. It's crude jokes, but it's like, crude in a crude in a clever sort of way. It's just I don't know. It doesn't work for me. I don't I don't I don't understand.
10: Amanda, um, any thoughts on Married with Children?
5: I definitely don't think I would put it above Roseanne, but maybe just directly underneath it. I, I've seen this in um rerun form obviously I, I had fun with it. The only thing that made me mad was is that Christina Applegate, the daughter? Yeah. yeah. She's a total tarred and I was like, I'm never gonna be like this idiot broad when I get Yeah,
8: that was half of her, half of her jokes are I'm i I'm, I'm stupid <laughs> jokes.
5: Yeah, but I, I thought that um the mom was hilarious.
10: Yeah, I I, I kind of fall like in between DJ and and Kevin. Like when I watched it in like middle school, I loved it because it was like that perfect sense of humor for me. I've I've seen it a few, not recently, but a lot in the last few years. I watched a few rerun episodes. It would it would show up in the in the morning when I was waking up, and, like on TBS early in the morning. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Watching some of the episodes like in the later seasons, I do feel like it it became too in on its own jokes a lot. Like it like uh. You know, it would like legitimately like flush the toilet and there'd be like standing ovations from people. And I'm like, okay, let's, (laughs) I need something more. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. It definitely has its place as, as Steve mentioned. It did like set the tone for the Fox network very much. It was like that was kind of what set what you expected when you went and got a fox comedy for a very long time and you saw a lot of copycat shows like happily ever after on wb oh. back in the day which so tried to do the same thing with the original writers and things like that so i i would too i like prefer roseanne over married with children but i think it's kind of fitting that they're both back to back here so all right well for our next entry in the countdown we are once again keeping it in the family 37 Coming in at number 37, I'm saying we're keeping in the family because at number 50 we had Boy Meets World. At number 37 we are having the Wonder Years with <laughs> 752 points. It was on 13 lists, highest ranked as number 11 by none other than Kevin Optimus Solo. So, Kevin, it seems fitting to start with you here. I'm certainly know that you're happy that it's beating Boy Meets World. Are you a little uh, perturbed that it's. Well, I guess you're not emotional about it, but what are your thoughts on seeing it fall here at number uh, 37?
7: Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Uh... I'm not upset with it falling here in the top 50. I'm actually kind of happy that it's up here. Definitely, obviously, voiced my opinions in the Boy Meets World versus Wonder Years Facebook thread post or whatever you want to call it. But uh, for the record, like I said, this is not something that's nostalgia. This is not something that I grew up with. This is not something I watched as a kid. I did not watch this until I was like 27, 28 years old. And I haven't seen every single episode because I, I missed out on a little bit towards the end. But I've seen probably, I'd say, like 75% of it. And this show is, is good for a bunch of different reasons. But the thing I probably like most about, number one, is how it kind of captures and is almost like a scrapbook for the era that it's depicting. And how does it in a way that doesn't feel shoehorned in. It doesn't feel like it's force feeding you. It's just like a natural illustration of Americana during that time period in, you know, a location like that. It deals with some pretty heavy uh, subjects who, you know, doesn't know about Winnie and and that whole storyline, but it also dealt with some serious stuff, so I just like the tone, I like the actors in it, I loved the dynamic between, like, the relationship between father or between husband and wife, the relationship between father and son, uh, the relationship between him and his brother, the everything, the relationship between him and his friends at school, him and his first girlfriend, like, there's so many, uh, maybe you have to be, I don't know, maybe it resonates more for a uh, male audience i don't know but watching it in retrospect it just kind of took me back to a time and there was a lot i could relate to and i just think it's it's if you save that show for posterity it's something that is is valuable for more than just the, the relationships and the drama but also for what it kind of shows about that time period in, in american history
10: amanda you actually were not far far off on this you had this at 31 so you're you know right within the ballpark Thoughts on Wonder Years?
5: So I shouldn't have gone after Kevin because he said everything that was cool <laughs> and awesome about it. But uh, <laughs> I think that uh, it's definitely deserving of the top 50. I think it's it definitely spawned a, a lot of of other shows like Boy Meets World and, and all that good stuff that we already touched on. Um, like Kevin said, I, I think that it covered some, some pretty heavy topics, but definitely did a, a really great job of showcasing a, a different um time period and in, in what society was like then i thought that was always super interesting did i i think i caught this on the nick and night is that, was that where it was
10: probably it was nick and night tv land it was in a combo combo of both i believe
5: I, I think that it it was definitely iconic and enjoyable and it should still hold up basically because of what kevin said it's focusing on that era and and uh does a super good job of it
10: yeah, I mean, it It was definitely popular. It was in the Nielsen Top 30 for four out of six seasons. It was nominated for uh, Best Comedy Series only after airing the first six episodes. So it you know hit acclaim really early on, and Fred and Savage was the youngest actor ever nominated for a standing lead actor for a comedy series, which obviously led to his amazing career after the Wonder Years.
7: Not so much. Uh, <laughs> it's another one of those. Though, it's a giant kind of, mole. It, it also <laughs> blends the the genres a little bit because I can see just as many people saying that it's a comedy as saying it's a drama.
10: Yeah, I, like it's funny because I don't consider. I maybe it's just me, but I never really considered the Wonder Years a, a drama or a comedy. I always considered it more drama. But me too. Uh, yeah, uh, DJ. Any thoughts on the Wonder Years?
8: I uh, I'm kind of I'm gonna be biased here because I kind of grew up uh, when this show was on. I was kind of the same age uh that fred savage was and i just it it was one of the first shows that i i had seen that kind of dealt with kid stuff in an adult manner i guess and um I, i i find it funny i'm i'm like relate i'm like a you know a dumb black kid from miami florida so if i'm relating to this Little white kid from the 60s and having the same kind of problems I did. It was just it kind of related to me still, and we're completely two different people. I, 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 I love this show. I mean, I, I wouldn't have it as high as this because there's so, as I've gotten older, I've seen such better shows, but I, it's, it's essentially a part of my childhood nostalgia wise. And the child performances is going to probably overlook Fred Savage was, I mean, we always crap about, oh God, Jake Lloyd, you know. You get child actors on this show that are hitting moments comedically and dramatically that are really, really veteran-like. And uh, if you rewatch it, it's just so good. If you watch, like I said, we're talking about we're comparing it to Boy Meets World. Again, it's that's, that's like a traditional, you know, studio audience kind of sitcom. This was like again watching a mini movie. Every episode was shot. Like a film, almost not like a sitcom, which I, I, I really appreciated and it, it made me relate to me more. I didn't feel artificial to me, it felt like I was watching somebody's experiences and their experiences were like mine. So I, I loved the one of yours. You so, know what else? else
5: is also filmed like a movie is supernatural?
8: <laughs> and it's realistic too uh, and it's realistic uh, for it to be back there in the 90s for the countdown I just killed the demon right before I came on the
6: project
4: <laughs> uh, it, sounds like you the, it sounds like right like a now.
10: euphemism for going to the bathroom
6: when we were talking about
4: Boy Meets World I had mentioned about the Wonder Years and I wasn't sure exactly when it was on or whatever and I I've looked it up since then uh, it ran from 88 to 93 and the way that the show is supposed to be is it takes place 20 years before the start. So basically, the, the actual content of the show is 68 to 73 or whatever it is. Um, you know, and I I don't know. I've tried recently watching. I watched the first six episodes. I don't know how anybody can call this a comedy. It's a okay. drama.
2: I don't know how anyone.
4: Comedy. I just don't know how anyone can call this a comedy. It, 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 the first episode starts off with with Winnie's brother being you know killed over in Vietnam. That's not funny to me. I
10: hope not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too there there are you know it's usually with awards it comes if you have any sort of comedy you're going to be put in the comedy category. But also I think sometimes great drama is, or great comedy is complimented through great drama, so it's it's possible to we'll have both, but I think that's a different conversation for another day and so let's move on to the next in the countdown.
4: Well, before we do, the one thing I will say about the Wonder Years thank God I never had a father like that, because that guy scared the crap out of me, and he still does. Every role that Dan Lauria plays in Scary, even in the spirit Yeah, <laughs> even in the spirit that's right
10: <laughs> Alright, anything else on the Wonder Years before we move on? All righty. Well, let's move on to the next in the countdown. 36. Well, we haven't, this episode, got a lot of modern comedies, unlike last week. We're getting kind of another one here, though this one's currently no longer on the air. It just finished its most. Uh, it's last season, uh, not too long ago. Coming in at number 36, we have Parks and Recreation uh, with 777 points. It was on 13 lists, as highest ranked as number two by an individual. Uh, actually, DJ, let's start with you here because you actually had it at 33, so not that far off where it's falling. Thoughts on Parks and Recreation?
8: Um, this is another one where I was like I, I had low expectations because – Oh, they're gonna try and make a show after The Office. It's not gonna be as good as The Office. Oh crap! It's even better to me, I think, than The American Office uh, because it just took a lot of these characters that I didn't think I would love like and I ended up loving them. Hey, Andy Dwyer guys, comes to mind, who is now Star-Lord, for you crying out won loud. won the
6: award for
9: best
5: man. Full disclosure, I voted for Ryan Gosling, but you came in a close second. Oh.
8: Now, you've never been
9: married, so you didn't get your own bachelor party, but let's look ahead. The year is 2018. America is thriving under President Nick Cannon, and tomorrow,
1: Chris Trigger's getting married.
11: Who's the lucky lady? Maybe she's an upbeat gal who's
7: nuts about fitness. Maybe she owns a juice bar in Snirling. Maybe it's April. Maybe I die, skydiving explosion, (laughs) and then you go marry April.
10: And it makes me sad, but if she's gonna be with somebody, I'd like it to be you. Strange,
4: but sweet. Only, I didn't really die. I was faking it, and I come back. I spy on you from my red Corvette. I'm planning to kick your ass, but I see how happy you make her and I have to walk away, I have to. And I do, slowly,
0: in a rainstorm. Okay, this isn't really in the spirit of what we're trying to do. But as time goes by, it eats away at me. You're out living it up with my wife, and I'm alone in a cave,
4: training.
8: Anyone else wanna chime in?
4: I thought you were my friend. I thought you were my at friend! At first, it
8: just seemed like it was gonna be a vehicle for Amy Polar. In her comedy, but then all these other characters: Aziz Ansari, Nick Offerman, who I never even heard of before this. Any, I saw Sin City. I didn't even, I still didn't know who the hell Nick Offerman was, and now I, he, I can't get enough of Nick Offerman. Uh, I forget the name of the the lady that works in the place with, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Quincy Jones's daughter, Rashida Jones. Uh, all, all these characters. Rob Lowe. I just, it's just a very, very. Good show, and it kind of went in a way in a place where I think The Office never did really until maybe the final season. Parks and Recreations they got all these people from different walks of life with different humors that kind of really got each other and accepted each other and were a family for a lot of the sh- the show. The Office they're always kind of antagonistic with each other until the end, There's, you know uh, Dwight and 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 uh, uh, Krasinski and. Pam, they didn't really like each other. Really, they, they would pick on each other. But on Parks and Recreation, Aziz Ansari's character and in and in, 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 in Leslie Nope and Aubrey Plaza and and all of them, they, they they're a family throughout. Even Nick Offerman, who's very, he's like the greatest character on the show. Loves <laughs> meat. Uh, <laughs> I love, yeah, I love bacon, love breakfast. Uh, he, they when stuff went down, Nick Offerman was there for you. This and, and it took a while for Michael Sure I think to uh, get that right I think and I think the office was essentially copying the uh, British office but on Parks and Recreation there was a lot a lot more camaraderie I thought that I appreciated.
10: Yeah, I think that's like the, the thing I noticed most about Parks and Recreation. It's just it's just a positive show and like the yeah. the people in it are are good people. I mean, I love the Office. I probably you know yeah. personally I love it, too. Loves, I just, it love the office more but i i don't I, I one thing i would say with parks though it doesn't have a bad season in office unfortunately does similar to you know the office i think it took a little bit long to kind of find itself you know the first season was a little shaky but i feel like you know season two season three especially when adam scott and rob lowe show up it like it goes off and it sails and in the, all these different like you mentioned the, there's the characters are so different but they so work with one another. Uh, a lot of, you know, and it's just it, their ability to find hilarity in the weirdest things like little Sebastian or, or stuff Hush, like,
8: <laughs> stuff or like. do the, the, the,
10: the alternate ego of Nick Offerman's character. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Elliott, <laughs> Sam Elliott. It, that's amazing. <laughs> Using him in such a fun way. Yeah. You know, it's actually a show that when we talk, started talking about doing this countdown, the, it was one that, you know, was on my radar. I wanted to watch, I finally sat down. Okay. I'm going to watch it. And I went through in the entire seven seasons in like a month if that, it, it I ended up loving the show. It's and I kind of like have a hole in my heart now since I am now done with it and finished the last episode. And uh, the season finale is is great. It just puts a, a great spin on it. And I love what they did with the last season, like skipping ahead a couple of years and just you know it, it was it, for no reason really. I mean, but it just it was just funny what they for a John it. Ham joke is yeah. essentially what they did. It <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm glad it's here at number and number thirty six. So I'm uh, I'm happy with it, but. All righty, let's move on to the next in the countdown. 35. Alrighty, coming in at number 35, we are getting a lot of, like, 80s and 90s comedies this episode, and that's continuing here. As with number 35, we have Frasier with 782 points on 13 lists, as highest ranked as number 2 by Kevin Dillon. And actually, he was kind enough to give us a clip of his thoughts on Frasier and why he ranked it at number 2.
12: Hello Geekcast Radio panelists and listeners, Uh, this is Kevin here from www.smallscreensaver.blogspot.ie and www.unappreciatedscholars.com I was asked to speak to you today because I had Frasier on number 2 on my list of the 100 greatest shows of all time and I just wanted to tell you why. Um, In the 90s uh, I was in school, everybody watched Friends and... um, Frasier was seen as an old person's show, which was the one I watched. I didn't watch Friends until well into its, you know, its third or fourth time on reruns. But I can understand why people thought it was an older person's show because it wasn't very often, and it still isn't very often, that you get a show centered around a a middle-aged divorcee uh, living with his living with his dad and stuff like that. So that's why it was so kind of unique to me. As well as that, it was a show that was on every night on what is now Comedy Central at the time in uh, UK and Ireland it was called the Paramount Channel so it used to be on every night and I'd watch it with my mother which is kind of a nice memory for me. Um, In terms of the seasons and the quality of the show seasons one to seven were flat out just terrific there was very rarely a dull moment. Um, Slight spoiler alert. This was before they decided that uh, Niles and Daphne had to uh, hook up together which once that happened it ruined kind of one of the, the more interesting dynamics of the show um, but like in seasons one to seven you've, get, you've got Fraser's many dates which always ended in failure um, as I said the Niles and Daphne dynamic which brought about some fantastic comedy. Uh, Fraser and Niles being so similar and their occasional butting heads with their dad Martin uh perry gilpin was fantastic as Roz. Uh, she was a great foil for fraser they were they were chalk and cheese but they had the same goals in terms of career and of course you had eddie eddie the dog everybody loves eddie um i think of all 90s comedy shows it's probably aged best due to uh the set design and the fashion you know when you watch friends now you're looking at some of LeBlanc's haircuts and you're you know, kind of cringing a bit, but I think Fraser has has aged pretty well in that sense. Uh, the family dynamic was always on point. There was always just a, they they walked that fine line between comedy and drama, and they did both excellently. And the supporting cast, not just like you know Fraser's immediate uh, supporting cast of Niles, Martin, Daphne, and Roz, but like you had. Dan Butler as Bulldog, you had um, Gil the Food Critic, and my personal favourite was Anthony the Palia as uh, Daphne's brother Simon who showed up for a couple of episodes and won a Daytime Emmy. So those reasons, and there are probably far too many more to mention, um, I love Frasier. I think even though I said that the last couple of seasons did dip, the first seven were so good that it kind of uh, negates any of the bad bad well not bad stuff any of the less good stuff if that makes any sense that came afterwards Um, if you've never seen Frasier I you know, I, you've hardly never seen Frasier but I would recommend going back and, and watching it from scratch because it is absolutely terrific as I said it's aged brilliantly uh, and I want to just thank uh, Dan and the Geekcast Radio for crew for asking me to contribute and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show and I hope to see some of my choices higher up the list as well Um. Thank
6: you very much. All
10: righty. Well, thanks, Kevin, for that clip. Regarding Frasier, Kevin, let's start with you here, because you actually had it ranked at number 30, again, with your powers not being far off where it landed. So what are your thoughts of seeing Frasier fall here at number
7: 35? Um, I think this is a show that if you had done this list in, obviously, in the 90s, this show would rank higher if you did this list 10 years ago, it would rank higher. I think now with, you know, this influx of uh, TV shows that have uh, got a lot of critical acclaim from the last five to six years, it's kind of dropped a little bit. It's not a show that I necessarily watched a lot of or was a big fan, but I was definitely aware of its existence. And, you know, in that time period when Seinfeld and Friends and Mad About You and some of that stuff was real popular, this was always the one that was taking home all the awards. I think five times it won uh either Golden Globe or an Emmy for Best Comedy, it was, you know, nine out of its 11 years, it was ranked, rated in the top uh, 20 for Nielsen ratings. So, I mean, it was definitely, it was one of those shows that probably all the other comedies were pissed off because every year it seemed to take home the award, no matter what. It was just a, a favorite of the award show people. But Kelsey Grammer I, was iconic in that time period for that show, and I definitely rated it mostly just based on its credentials and what I remember growing up and as far as how much people talked about it and how well they talked about it. But for me personally, I'm not a huge fan of it, so I'm fine with it being here somewhere in the top 30, 40 range. I think that's fitting.
10: Uh, Mike, any thoughts on Frasier?
7: I love Frasier. Frazier is one of the most
4: successful... Uh,
10: <laughs> spinoff
4: sitcoms. Yeah. Honestly, it really is. Because if you think about it, this guy came from Cheers. You know, and he brought his whole cast of characters with him. Uh, including Lilith and, and all those. Um, I actually was marathoning this on Netflix um, for about six months before my mom passed away. We were watching every we watched every single episode. Uh, all the way up to about season nine, I think. And we never really got to finish it, but there's just so much to love about this show between John mahoney as as the dad between uh, jane leaves as 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 Daphne uh you know Niles and Frasier, their interactions uh Fraser and Ross and their interactions it's just it's just so funny and it really lets Kelsey Grammer almost off the hook like if you look at him at cheers, you look at the character of Frasier, he's kind of stifled because he's he's he has his moments on Cheers. I'm not saying anything bad about him being on Cheers. He has his moments, but here it's his show. He can do whatever the hell he wants, and it's just amazing.
10: Yeah, I mean, it, I know at the time it was the biggest thing about it was like it was like the smartest TV show ever written. The characters were <laughs> speaking in the vocabulary you didn't necessarily see on network TV. So, uh, And like Kevin mentioned, it certainly has a lot of its acclaim. Uh, DJ, fan of Frasier, thoughts on it at all?
8: I was never really a huge fan of Cheers, but I was a big fan of Frasier because Kelsey Grammer is – he's Sideshow Bob. I mean, come on. What would you do? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's also Kelsey, Beast. Yeah, yeah, he's also a Beast. All oh, my stars and garters. He's great. I, I love uh, Kelsey Grammer. I didn't – I'd never even heard of David Hyde Pierce before that show came out, and he's terrific on that show. John Mahoney, as you said before, is great. The show's great. It's just a good – it's just – and from – I think the problem with Cheers was, for me anyway – a little bit slower and a little less zanier, I guess. I, I, I maybe I'm because I mis- they're all
4: drunks at a bar. They're
8: all drunks and depressed in the bar. <laughs>
4: yeah.
8: <laughs> I mean, Frasier just had this hope and optimism to it more so, I think, than Cheers. I might be misremembering Cheers, but I just I I, I was in a good mood after watching Frasier. You know what I'm saying? I I, I really like that show.
4: The most. Uh, Optimistic cheers ever got was, hey everybody, Norm!
10: Norm, yeah. That's that's the
4: most optimistic cheers ever got.
10: Alright, any other thoughts on Frazier before we move on to the next in the countdown?
5: I think my problem with Frazier was um, I was too young and it it was just over my head. It was too classy and sophisticated (laughs) for my little mind. And it it was around the same time that I was probably watching a lot of Wings with my mom.
6: So it, it
5: was around the same thing. Yeah, just over my head a little bit.
6: Superman
10: yeah, was on Yeah, me. No one ever complained wings <laughs> being over their head. So, so <laughs> only literally, I guess, since they're bad. Yeah. Again, bad joke. Bro, All right, dog. well, let's move on to the next in the countdown because I feel like this is another ep- one that will be one that will certainly be talked about for a variety of reasons. 34. All right, coming in at number 34, we're going to a land we were once at previously as we return to the world of Star Trek with Star Trek the original series, coming in at number 34. It was on 12 lists, as highest ranked as number 6, with 784 points. Uh, Steve, let's start with you here, because this was in your top 10. We've had Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, now Star Trek. What are your thoughts of seeing it fall here? Do you think it deserves to be higher, just based upon its iconic status when it comes to TV?
7: You know, I I think it should but at
9: the same time, I, I think it shouldn't. There's there's kind of that double-edged sword because it kind of was groundbreaking at the time in the sense that it, it kind of... Uh, it was like a a Western in space is how it was kind of written. And then uh, all the sci-fi innovations that have come from people enjoying this show specifically. And then the fact that it spawned 50 years of, of television and film... Uh, among other media content.
11: They seem to be gorged. Gorged?
5: On my grain?
0: Kirk, I am going to hold you responsible.
11: There must be thousands of them. Hundreds of thousands. 1,771,561. That's assuming one triple multiplying with an average litter of 10 producing a new generation every 12 hours over a period of three days. And yeah, that's assuming that they... Got here three days ago. And allowing for the amount of grain consumed and the volume of the storage compartment. Kirk, you should have known. You are responsible for turning the development project into a total disaster. Mr. Barris.
0: And I am through being intimidated, Kirk. You have insulted me. You have ignored me. You, you've walked all over me. You have abused your authority and you have rejected my requests.
11: And this, this is a result. I am going to hold you responsible for
9: And I'll
6: hold you in arms if you don't
9: show. The cast alone is is very memorable over the decades. Like, they're, you know, I mean, Shatner's probably the most memorable out of all of them. But then you get, you know, you get Spock, you get, you know, all, all these characters. And they, they kind of got to send off into the Next Generation universe, a lot of them did. Or show up in Voyager or or just, you know, little bit parts later on. Um the, at the same token, though, it's so badly dated, it's very hard to watch if you're not a fan of it. And so I feel that while it is groundbreaking, while it is it is a, a definitely a, a top fifty uh, recipient or or at least top one hundred, it it's not the strongest of the stri- of the Star Trek shows. So in that regard, I I think I'm fine with where it landed.
10: Kevin, I know you're a Star Trek fan, but I know you ranked this on like, the other end of your top 100. Do you feel this is Star Trek getting rated most mostly based upon what came after the series? and you think maybe if you were just ranking the series itself, it wouldn't fall near, nearly as high?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a partial benefit of name recognition and the one that came first and the iconic characters with the Shatner and Spock etc cetera, etc cetera. I think if you're going to break it down into which Star Trek shows were better in like a quality standpoint of stories writing you know plots and stuff like that then I think it falls probably near the bottom actually and even though I personally rated it above a lot of the other well all of the other iterations except for one I think if you were really breaking it down it would probably come closer to the bottom after even Enterprise Voyager, et cetera. Um, I find it interesting. We talked about Deep Space Nine way earlier in the countdown, and we were curious if we would see anything else. And uh, you know, we have we haven't heard from any of those other ones, so it's finally coming in here. I don't have a problem with that as long as there's one more uh, that we haven't talked about yet that still shows up. Yeah,
10: I wonder. I wonder if where 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 it falls. That's the question. <laughs> what could
7: you be
5: talking
10: about? <laughs> I have no idea. Star Trek Enterprise, of course. <laughs> uh, Amanda, any thoughts on Star Trek?
5: Uh, I'm a Picard girl, so uh, I, I'm obviously going to rank so. something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to um, rank that a, a little bit lower. Um, as far as Kirk, I'm going to rate Kirk a little bit lower than Picard here. I do love me some Spock, and I think that it it's it's so iconic, and it, it spawned all of these um, spinoffs, and even movies. I, I definitely like the the newer movie iterations better than, um, you know, the, the dated material that is Kirk and Spock from back in the Disney. I do think that it deserves to be I would say in the top 50, so.
7: I, I can understand the saying that it spawned off some stuff, but I I don't think it's as, as easy to say that with this one. I, I mean, I think maybe you could say it spawned Next Generation, even though it was like two decades later, but
5: I think... Whatever, it was like the cornerstone for an entire... like.
7: Right, I get that, but I think Next Generation is really what spawned all the other ones that came after it. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's a debate for another day, but I don't disagree with it being here and what you're saying.
10: Uh, DJ, any thoughts before we move on to the next in the countdown? Uh,
7: my,
8: uh, my stepfather, uh, who's the biggest Trekkie I I know uh, ingrained in me that Captain Kirk is the baddest man in the galaxy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I I was introduced to Star Trek through Wrath Khan, one of the greatest sequels ever made. So I, I I didn't really get into the TV show until I got a little bit older, and I, I it's a, kind of a different Kirk from the movies to the TV show. Different Kirk the, the TV show he's a little bit more reserved and not as zany as he is in the movie he's not that way in the tape show that much as his bizarro evil kirk but yeah it's a it's iconic it's groundbreaking an optimistic not apocalyptic future for once uh so yeah I, I understand why it's on this list
10: all right let's move on to our next in the countdown and for our next in the countdown we're actually gonna talk about it in real time 33 for 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 number thirty three, Mike might be upset that it's not number twenty four. Cause coming in at number thirty three, we have twenty four. Uh, it was on thirteen list.
9: Later, Mike. Just so you know,
10: <laughs> <laughs> it was on thirteen list, seven hundred and eighty eight points. It's highest ranked as number nine, but not, none other than DJ Valentine. So it's fitting. DJ, we ended it with you last time. We'll start with you here. Thoughts on twenty four falling in at thirty three
8: never seen a show like this before never seen them do this and i know there's the they're cheating they're going to commercial uh, yeah whatever shut up they you've never seen a show that counts like counts down a day in the life of during a season or at least i hadn't at the time i saw this when i was in uh first season when i was in high school and there's been a <laughs> I think there was a running joke with my me and my friends that david palmer was the president of the united states it wasn't george bush it was david palmer he was awesome <laughs> he was doing things that uh Presidents should do, and Jack Bauer. I mean, he—you watch Kingsman; he's now an iconic character that we would never—one of the most iconic badasses we've ever seen on television. Such a—and for the show to be very pulpy in its stupidity sometimes, because it's not the most brilliant of shows. But you've essentially created this character, and you drop him in, kind of like a John McClane-esque type uh, person. And the format of the show was revolutionary. I had never seen a show countdown one hour, an episode like that, the way they did it. I thought it was unique and it was great. It was enjoyable and cathartic as hell. And uh, if if you're a right wing, you would really love it because they torture <laughs> and kill terrorists uh, without any uh, without any compunction to the uh, Geneva Convention. They don't care about that stuff, well, especially Jack Bauer.
4: Jack does specifically. I don't know about the rest of the cast, mm.
8: but Jack sure. does specific. <laughs> at Tony Almeida would kill a terrorist now and.
4: Then. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah,
2: Tony <laughs> would,
4: but. On a whole, the entire cast? No, probably not. I, I think Jack, Tony, and Nina are probably the exceptions oh, there. Nina.
8: Oh, God. Nina. One of the first shows you've seen a, a, a character, spoiler alert, I guess, brutally murder a woman on that show. Yeah. S- and he's the hero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
10: <laughs> so, Mike, I'm taking you're a fan of 24.
4: Oh, yeah. Absolutely love 24. I don't think it went on too long, but Eight I.
9: Eight seasons.
4: No, I'm saying, like okay, <laughs> yes, I know it's, technically it's nine seasons if you count uh, Live Another Day. But, um, yeah, it did go on eight seasons, but I'm saying that with the way the show's format was, it, in a good way, it felt like it was longer than what it actually was. So I'm saying the eight seasons, nine seasons, didn't really feel like, you know... It wasn't a blink you'll miss it kind of thing, but it was like, hey, we're following along, and this is high action, and this is, hey, oh hey, look, there's Spock before he was Spock, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. in the first you know few seasons, Zachary Quinto was this idiot tech guy. Um, I, I love Twenty Four for Kiefer Sutherland alone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jack Bauer is easily one of the most badass action stars of this of this last. Couple of decades.
10: Um, yeah, actually, it's I have a kind of a funny story with Twenty Four. I started watching it late, and this was before it was on like Netflix streaming was a thing, and I had a you know back when Blockbuster still existed, and uh, we started renting it from Blockbuster, and I had this deal where. You know, I could basically rent something. I paid a flea and I could rent as many things per day as I wanted. And we, like, my wife and I uh, basically went through this entire series bit by bit. So much so that I would, like, show up to Blockbuster multiple times a day that was, like, down the street just to get the next disc. So, like, I basically got labeled the 24 guy or how fast we went through the series. Uh, <laughs> I guess it shows you how much lively our lives are, I guess. But uh, the, I'll disagree with Mike in the sense that I do think it did go on too long. It got to the point it got a little bit too predictable. You, It had a formula to it where you're like, okay, who's the traitor this season? And, it, you know, when you're, like, dropping nuclear bombs every other episode to try to – it got a little too crazy, I think. <laughs> by, by the end, you know, seventh, eighth season, we're, we're, we're a little much. But at its height, it was a fun action packed through ride. It, and it again, like DJ mentioned, the format of it was completely unique, doing it in real time with 24 hours and using the different uh, uh, panel f- storytelling. And yeah, there were some contrivances with that. I mean, it basically was LA with no traffic somehow, but you know, uh, but I think it also came around at, at a good time too, when it w- within that time period. So, uh, in like Mike mentioned but Jack Bauer is a badass and he's a fun character. So,
8: and when you have a character, we talk about James Bond and and Jason Bourne. Uh, those guys also have kind of, eh, I don't want to say shallow plots, but they're such they, they do such awesome things. It kind of distracts you from how mediocre this this <laughs> the plot is. Uh, and Jack Bauer did that as well. I mean, the, the season could suck, but as long as Jack Bauer was killing people, you were kind of you're still enjoying it. So yeah.
10: All righty. Any other thoughts on 24 before we move on to the next in the countdown? Okay. Well, let's move into our next in the list. And again, we're getting into an area we once got before, and I think it's kind of it's going to be kind of a fun one-two hit with these next two entries. 32. We've had one late-night talk show so far with Johnny Carson. We're getting our second late-night talk show at number 32 as we have The Late Show with David Letterman. It was on 12 lists, 791 points, his highest ranked as number 14. Uh, Mike, actually, I'll start with you here because you had this ranked at 56. I know you're a huge Johnny Carson fan, so what do you think of the fact that David Letterman is falling higher on the count than than Johnny Carson?
4: It's somewhat of a travesty, but it's not as much as a travesty as if Conan comes after this. I like
10: David Letterman. I
4: think what he did with the Late Show was really interesting. He had guests on to promote stuff, but he also did some really, really good comedy. You look at some of those top ten lists in the in the early to mid nineties. they're just comedy gold um the way he carried himself, the way you know he held with the guests, his monologue. Probably the only late-night comedian I can actually sit there and enjoy a monologue from outside of Johnny Carson. Uh, is just so good. Having it fall here, I, I think it's all right. Like I said, as long as Conan doesn't show up after this, I'm fine.
10: <laughs> uh, Kevin or Amanda, any thoughts on David Letterman?
7: I mean, I I didn't have any room in my top 100 for the the late night shows, um, just because I was trying to stuff so many other prime time uh, shows in there. But I, I don't know, I I don't have a problem with it being on there. I do have a problem with it being higher than Johnny Carson, though. Yes, yeah, I also
5: I... left all the uh, the late night shows yeah. off. I just I just couldn't couldn't. Uh... I just couldn't fit them in
7: either. I mean, I could have put them on, but it would have taken up like seven of my spots because then I would have had to put like all the ones that I like on there. And if I was going to put one on, it would have been Johnny Carson and then it probably would have been a drop-off to something like Conan or like uh or Jimmy Fallon or something like that afterwards. See, I've, I've never been a fan of Letterman.
10: See, I, I love Letterman. I think his comedic style is, some, is extremely unique and unlike any other comedy out there. And I think he brought a new type of kind of awkward or i guess alternative to use a like a cliche word to late night talk shows i actually feel his show was better than johnny carson's and yeah carson's impact is probably greater on, on the world of comedy but i've always felt that letterman's overall monologues his comedic style he, he took more risks. he did a lot of new different things where carson just kind of had his thing and he, and he did it really well but uh steve any thoughts on the david letterman show falling here at number 32
9: I'm not really a fan of Letterman. I, for me, I would much rather watch like Jimmy Fallon or somebody like that. I, I I don't know. I, I like a lot of the other late night talk hosts more than some of these older veterans, because not saying that they didn't pave the way or that they don't deserve to be here. I just don't prefer to watch them. I would much rather watch any of the ones that are on now, but that's, that's about my opinion on it.
10: Ah, uh, DJ, any thoughts on the late night with David uh, with late night with David Letterman falling here at thirty
8: uh, two? you could kind of tell like when Leno went off the air, uh, he won the ratings, but Letterman was way more respected because he's kind of like a comedian's comedian. And when I watch talk shows like this, I kind of kind of talk show hosts I like are the ones that have who are fast, smart, and have control and Carson probably is the best when it comes to all having all three of those things but Letterman's right there because if some when a guest does something that's going against what the host wants to do you see Fallon panic or you know I mean I'm not against Fallon Fallon does some very funny stuff but he's not as quick on his feet as Letterman is the guys dealt with uh, crazy Crispin Glover, for mm-hmm. Christ's sake! Uh, Madonna, uh, uh, Drew
6: Joaquin Barrymore, Phoenix flashing
8: crazy. Joaquin Phoenix, uh, and he's ju- he's never he never doesn't seem like he has a plan <laughs> to get out of these situations. Conan, for me, I know uh, we found out here that Conan's not that high I think Conan's also on that list of he's very quick to not lose control of the show. <laughs> but letterman and carson i think were the best at it where i i i'm i'm just going to see how's dave going to get out of this one up oh, there he, that's how he does it he never he's never off guard by any of the stuff and i just i'm not a, i'm not a huge talk show host person uh but i I know letterman is he's iconic he, you can't deny
10: him definitely it's actually going to be fitting as we're getting into our next in the countdown at number 31 31 Alright, I say it's fitting because we had David Letterman at at 32, and at 31, we were having the guy that replaced him, as in the Colbert Report, coming in at number 32 with 791 points. It only beat David Letterman by 3 points. It was on 12 lists. It was actually on fewer lists than—sorry, uh, it was on 13 lists, so it was on more lists than David Letterman, as highest ranked as number 4. I think I'll actually start with this one because I am, you know, the Colbert Report Daily Show definitely go hand in hand. I am a, a lover of the Colbert Report I I remember when, when it started as like a spoof commercial that landed up ended up becoming a show watching it and wondering how is this show gonna last with this character and it ended up like lasting for you know nine years and such a smartly written show it we talked about late nights but I feel it's in separate category because it's not necessarily late night. Comedy per se, as it deals with a lot with politics and things of that nature. So I'm actually really happy that it fell here. But uh Steve, I know you also have it on your list. So any thoughts on the Colbert Report?
9: I don't know. I just really enjoyed his show. Him and Jon Stewart, I, I believe, are probably the best at all of the kind of newsy, like uh, weird. You know, he he's kind of got that nice touch of of some of the stuff that John Stewart has, and like some of the Letterman stuff, and some of the like he kind of has like different things he dips into. And and I think it kind of plays out well for him.
10: Uh, Mike, any thoughts on the Colbert report following here?
4: I actually had to go back and watch this after I saw him guest on a law and order SVU episode as one of the
10: (laughs) baddest, one of the,
4: (laughs) one of the most interesting villains on that show. Um, I like him. I think he's really funny. I think he's doing a bang up job. Uh, on the Late Show now. I don't want to say he necessarily replaced David Letterman because Dave really just retired and they needed to find somebody new, and I'm just glad it wasn't another Saturday Night Live reject. Yes, I'm looking at you, Seth Meyers.
8: <laughs> who will not be on this list. <laughs> Please, if Seth Meyers is higher than
4: this, then we need, you know.
8: It's, it's counseling. I, and... <laughs> for,
4: I, I, I forget who posted it. Some Somebody posted about Arrow. You know, Arrow not being in the top fifty, you have failed this list. If 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 Seth Meyers gets above uh, uh, Stephen Colbert here, yeah, we really need to seriously rethink
10: this. Uh, Amanda, any thoughts on the Colbert Report?
5: I freaking hate this show, honestly. I'm so bored with it. I don't care what he has to say. If I want to watch the news, I'm just going to watch the freaking news. I don't need to hear your um, so-called funny commentary about it, and I'll make my own opinion. Thanks. <laughs> so that's just... Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Jesus. Harsh. Jesus admires. But what there. do you really
6: think?
10: <laughs> uh, Kevin, any not... thoughts on the Colbert Report?
7: I mean, I think the Colbert Report and the Daily Show and Real Time with Bill Maher, even though that he can piss me off more times than not. But, uh, I, I think all those shows are good for what they're pointing out. And even though they're doing it with a funny take, they're also still calling an orange and orange and point, you know, calling out politicians for being stupid. And I, I think there's a place for that. And that's refreshing compared to the indoctrinated views that we get from the, the political channels um but I, like i said i just didn't have any room for him on my list but uh yeah i would i, I would put this in this i would probably put daily show higher than the colbert colbert i can't talk report
10: <laughs> uh dj i know you said you weren't a fan of like late night talk shows i don't know if that considers that of colbert report because i guess it's technically a talk show but uh, any thoughts on it here
8: it's one of the i mean i, I might be forgetting maybe jiminy Glick. i guess is one of the few talk shows that's Hosted by a character, not a <laughs> not an actual. I mean, Stephen Colbert is an actual person, but he's essentially playing a big middle finger to the Republican Party for the entire show. So, yeah, I, I give it credit for that. Um, I watch The Daily Show more for its political commentary than its guests. Usually, I mean, sometimes I watch the guests though. Same yeah. thing with the Colbert Report. I would, if I was watching it, I'd just watch it for what they're saying about politics. And Stephen Colbert, uh, when he I was heard I heard he was replacing or taking over for David Letterman after he left or retired, I was like, it's uh, interesting, but it's undeniable. The guy is very very smart. So and brains, like I told you, smart fast smart fast is in control. And if you ever if you have any doubt of how in control Stephen Colbert can be, watch him deal with Bill Maher that he just had on maybe two days ago. And Bill Maher, who is essentially created to anger people, <laughs> I mean, who's also very smart. He's giving it right. I mean, he doesn't pull any punches. And Colbert hangs with him and outdoes him just as well. So he's 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 a he's a very smart individual. The show itself was I I don't want to say groundbreaking. It was just very very different in what
10: you were seeing on TV.
8: So yeah, I'm I'm not a humongous fan of Colbert Report. I was more a Daily Show guy, but I,
10: I again I can respect it. I and mean, it was nominated for multiple Emmys. It actually broke the Daily Show's uh, streak for winning Outstanding Variety yeah. Series. It, you know, <laughs> I, ironically, the student became the master in that in 2013. So every year it was out, it was nominated for an Emmy and won Peabodys as well. And you know, Stephen Colbert himself won a lot of accolades. And again, we talked about with uh, Keen Peel how. Uh, you know, Luther showed up in correspondence dinner. I mean, Colbert did a thing in front of Congress for something I forget what it was. And and oh, I, yeah, I do rep- think he's been a great replacement for for Letterman. And, and to me, it took him like three episodes to have one of the best interviews on TV. Period. When he when he interviewed Joe Biden, and it was just it was fantastic. And I recommend it. It's nothing political whatsoever. It's just it's actually just a really great conversation that you would not expect in a late night talk show. At least you know, usually it's just it's you know, if you look at Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert, it's like oh, that's the adult show. And that's one for so. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> NBC getting no love today.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Eh? Well, we'll,
10: we'll see if that changes when we move into number 30 on the list. 30. Well, we're getting to our second sketch comedy show of the uh, of of the episode but this is actually a classic sketch comedy show and it's our second british show of of the episode too there's always been like one episode per show that i'm like wow i did not expect that to be on the on on the countdown and that's it for this this is it for this portion of the countdown because at number 30 we have monty python's flying circus it was only on 10 lists, but it, we received 180, 105 points. So it's the first show to break the 800 point barrier. It was highest ranked as number three. I was not expecting to see a show of this nature fall on the countdown. My first in, uh, experience with this show was I think seeing late night infomercials on Comedy Central telling me to buy the buy the videos of it. But DJ, any thoughts on Money Python's Flying Circus?
8: i'm 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 very fortunate i i've been on the show that like three of my and i i must i might have forgotten where to put this and i i hate myself my, Monty python mystery science theater and married with children those are like stuff that showed, introduced me to comedy essentially so uh nobody expects a spanish inquisition uh i mean it's the, the Monty python used to come on t n t every god every night at seven o'clock and i would just sit there eat my dinner and watch it (laughs) as a little kid (laughs) my grandmother would sit me down eat your dinner and i just watched multiply it's it's a it's a show that i don't think would work now it is it's non-sequitur insane it's good for ad because it goes
12: everywhere and everywhere and anywhere one of the cross beams has gone out of skew on the treadle
8: But What on earth does that mean?
12: I don't know. Mr Wentworth just told me to come in here and say that there was trouble at the mill, that's all. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! Our chief weapon is surprise, surprise and fear, fear and surprise, our two weapons are fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency, our three weapons are fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency and an almost fanatical devotion to the Pope are four, no,
11: <laughs> amongst our weapons, hm. amongst
12: our weaponry are such elements as fear, Sur- I'll come in again, <laughs> I didn't
11: expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition.
8: And people, they, they remember Monty Python probably well, no mostly for Holy Spanish Grail and stuff like that, Life of Brian. But Monty Python's Flying Circus is it's, it's a great show with uh, now historic comedians. Uh, John Cleese, uh, uh, Eric Idle. I mean, it's great guys on the show. Uh, Terry Gilliam, I think. So, yeah.
4: You say the show is basically add it would really work today if you think about it maybe maybe i'm right (laughs) Maybe
8: you're right it could work maybe because i mean there the joke of the show is like it would go from one thing to the next without any (laughs) without any sequitur whatsoever (laughs) so yeah
10: uh amanda or kevin any thoughts on money python Falling Air? i know we talked about sketch comedies a lot we're finally getting a classic sketch comedy is it just a a, a uh a not a relief but a surprise seeing something different
7: it's the uh, r- the wrong kind of classic sketch comedy that's not the one I was looking for. I know I'm in the minority, but I have a strong distaste for all things Monty Python related. I just wow. don't find them funny at all. So, it's just not my style of humor.
10: Monty Python Married with Children and was it what was the last one? Uh, all the
7: 90s sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still
10: uh, Or David about... Letterman, that's,
7: that's the that's the last one. Yeah.
10: Uh,
5: Kevin I'm... has no love for Fresh Prince. So. <laughs>
7: I just have Why don't you love him? Why don't you love him? I I at least like those shows, though. I can't even watch Monty Python stuff. I've tried probably on ten different occasions to watch either the show or the movies, and I just am bored out of my mind instantly.
8: So you don't like Holy Grail? You don't like it? This is no, it's just a flesh wound or any of that stuff. None of it.
7: I hate Terry Gilliam. Wow. Oh. Okay. (laughs)
6: <laughs> stepping back. Friend Kevin. Sorry DJ <laughs> No no it's okay It's, okay. it's, it's,
7: it's just, just like I said it's just not my style of like humor Certain humor works for certain people and that's just not my style
10: Alrighty any other thoughts On Money Python before we move on to the next In the countdown
7: Apparently the show didn't
8: dare to be stupid Because Eric Idle was Retgar at one point Yeah he was While we've grown out we've <laughs> <laughs>
10: Alrighty let's move on to our next In the countdown 29 coming in at number 29 we have lost with 832 points it was on 11 list it is it was ranked number one by one person kevin let's start with you here because you had it highest ranked among all of us at number 17 i know this was a huge show at the time it had some falling off after the season finale <laughs> and people didn't like it but is a loss a show you were a fan of
7: Oh yeah, I'm a huge fan of Lost all the way through, including the ending. I'm one of those that does not mind the ending at all. I think that's probably why it's not a little bit higher was because some people really did hate the, the hate how it ended. The question was not whether Lost was going to be on the countdown. It was just where it was going to end up falling. So, uh, right here around the top 30, I think that's fine. I mean, I had it 17 because I personally like a lot of it, but, uh, it, it, it has its issues. I can see some people kind of being critical that maybe some seasons are better than others. It, same situation for me. They do a lot of flashbacks and kind of telling the background of certain individuals. And there were a couple characters that I really didn't connect to that I, every time I knew it was going to be an episode for that character, it was like a letdown. And I was like, Oh, I guess I got to sit through seeing another one of her stories to get to something good later. But I, I, it was a phenomenon come on i mean everybody was talking about lost everybody would watch it and then have debates and questions and just the way they were able to do the mystery element of this show something that was unlike anything that came before it so i think top 30 is perfectly fitting for lost
10: amanda this is actually spooky in the lost sense as you ranked this at number 29 and it actually is 29 so i don't know if you have lost like black Smell powers blaster. or something like that, blaster. but
5: uh, well, it's called slut magic, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's a real thing. But um, I, I I only saw the first season of Lost, but I just know that it's such a huge phenomenon, um, a big big following. Um, I don't know why I just couldn't get into it. I was this was like my early years Some of college, so too. I was just drinking and you know partying and. <laughs> Being watching cool and not guys. watching TV, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eating my SpongeBob cereal at two a.m. and um, it, it it just wasn't wasn't something that I could super get behind just because I wasn't in a TV watching um time of my life really. But I, I did enjoy it. I I thinking back on it now, I feel like it had um some. It was a little reminiscent of the feel of like heroes, like its style. So I I don't know. I guess I'm wrong because nobody else is commenting saying I mean, I guess guess. it's definitely,
10: I mean, I could see the comparison because they're very mystery-based and a a lot of, like, you know, keeping you in the dark, what's really going on. So I I definitely could see the comparison. The the
7: actors, the actresses, and the characters and the development of those characters is what wins Lost for me, I guess.
10: Uh, DJ, any thoughts on Lost?
7: I'm going to be the, I guess, the... Yeah, liar here uh, i'm
8: uh this is more of a Damon liioff issue i have than a loss <laughs> issue uh Damon Lindyoff i'll be as nice as possible um he has great ideas i think he just has very 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 sloppy uh and purposefully so ambiguous follow-through with all of them where he doesn't and I know some people like, like you're saying, or, or love the ending of Lost, but it's, it's a, it's a thing that he, I've heard his Prometheus commentary where he says, I make things ambiguous on purpose because, uh, I, I want people to, the, the, the shows that there's no answer to people talk about longer. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great, but I, <laughs> you're essentially saying, I want to make things not uh enjoyable at the end (laughs) i wish you so i mean again i know i'm the outlier i I know a lot of people who love the ending of Lost, and i watched Lost all the way through i'm one of my favorite episodes of television is is the constant which i I love that episode so much uh it just the and i know why it's on this list it's it was a phenomenon jj abrams gets way too much credit for this by his own admission it's essentially damon lindyov's brainchild so and because of that that's why i kind of at the end i kind of Went a little bit down on it because I did not enjoy the ending of it. It seemed like they were kind of making it up as they went. I don't think you're an outlier
7: season. because I think a lot more people had a problem with it than. Yeah, I mean,
8: I, and I understand people who don't. Why they would? Because I know people who like things ambiguous. It's just that he has his track record of making everything he does have an ambiguous and, and, and I agree non-final
7: with, I, finale. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't. I remember though, in that moment, though, when we're when we're going through the seasons, thinking. I do not want to be the people in charge of trying to figure out how to end this. Um, yeah. I, I, understand. That's why
8: it's like, I can't even really hate him for this. And that's why, I mean, he, he has a, I bring it up because of his track record of his stuff after loss. He's still doing the same, right. Uh, making the same mistake, which I don't want, like he did for frickin' Tomorrowland and stuff like that. But, uh, when it came to like the like the season three, I'm like, I don't know where this is gonna go. I don't know how they're gonna end this and nobody is gonna be satisfied at the end. Right. They kind of wrote themselves into that circle, which I was like,
7: uh, Yeah, it ended up making itself a show that was gonna be harder than almost any other show that I've ever seen <laughs> as far as coming up with a way to finish it so that yeah. people are happy.
8: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like go ahead and end Doctor Who.
7: Come up with a final <laughs> ending for Doctor Who. It's am not I mean, I'm sure, it's, it's I'm, I'm as sure as good as Doctor they... Who. I'm sure the finale finale of Game of Thrones will probably piss me off more, but um, (laughs) everyone (laughs) dies. I can tell you that. Everyone's dead.
10: It was all a dream. It was all a dream. (laughs) All right. All right. Any other thoughts before we move on to the next in the countdown? All right. Let's move on and continue as we get down to the nitty-gritty of this week's countdown.
3: 28.
10: We are already down to number 28, so we're getting into that very elite, elite category where we get into the top 25. At this point, it should no longer be a question, does it belong? Is it simply, does it belong in this echelon of the countdown? Uh, this one, I think, I, I'm not sure with when it comes to what falls here at number 28, what the opinion will be, but I am super happy about this falling here. As in number 28, we have Arrested Development. It was on 14 lists with a 846 points. Uh, actually beat lost by a a whopping 14 points was actually a lot for this list it was highest ranked as number nine so no one ranked it number one but being on 14 lists does show you there is a lot of love out there for that of arrested development Uh, though i was the only one on the countdown that that ranked it i don't know you guys are crazy you guys are crazy uh (laughs) I I just I love Arrested Development. It's just to me one of the funniest shows, period. I know that's very subjective, but I love its style. I love its using the narrator in in, in fun ways. It's certainly, I'm, I'm surprised it got three seasons. I know Netflix brought it back for the fourth season, which wasn't nearly as good, but at its height, though, it just I don't know it 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 was so super clever, meta, in a lot of a lot of cool ways. So I am uh, I'm very happy for it falling here. Uh, DJ, any thoughts on Arrested Development?
8: Uh, I got through most of season one, and i it's like a show I recognize as being very very good. It's just like I could never get through all of it i mean and 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 from the season I saw, I mean Jason Bateman's great and uh Tambor is great, David Cross is great uh and i have I have friends who watch it religiously, and I kind of like watch it vicariously through their stories of it, <laughs> but I just never could get through the whole season, but I know it's 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 very smartly written and it's very great it's 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 well you know shows that i think when i get old and you know i I have nothing else to do i'll probably pop it on and burn through it i'm like why wasn't i watching this live i am the reason it got canceled but uh yeah i i'm not a huge fan of it but again i i i can see why it has its feverish fan following
10: uh kevin any thoughts on arrested development
7: I mean, I kind of expected this one to make the countdown. This is one of the ones that I was talking about earlier when I said that I was under, the, kind of having the thoughts that we were going to see more modern sketch comedies than classic, uh, this one. And I think there's still another one out there that we possibly could see, but it, it might get edged out, but... Um, mm-hmm. I can see this one. It definitely has a following. I think it is funny and it does have its place. Um, for me, I ranked a few other classic sketch comedies instead of a couple of these modern ones, but I expected to see this one on the list. So I, I I'm not surprised that it's on the list. I'm surprised maybe that it's quite this high.
10: I mean, it certainly has a, a lot of accolades. It's uh, IGN, uh, our old friend ranked it as the, the funniest show ever. So it. Didn't rank oh, wow. it as, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> Is that good or bad for its credit? I'm not sure. <laughs> Keep
4: on getting it wrong.
10: <laughs> Curious to see what people have to say because I think there'll be people who may say it's too It's one of those where it's like, I think no one will be happy no matter where it falls. So, Alrighty, let's move on with the countdown. 27. Alright, well coming in, th- this is the first for the countdown, as in this is the first time in one episode that we're getting two animated shows. Uh, as with number 27, we have futurama with 858 points it was on 12 lists as highest ranked as number 13 uh so it was actually on fewer lists than than that of arrested development but people tended to rank it higher uh steve you were the only other one on the countdown that had futurama on their list so what are your thoughts seeing it here at number 27 well, being that I ranked it at 27, it's actually kind of funny. But um, <laughs> Again, fun. you have that Amanda Smoke Powers type of thing, so that's <laughs> impressive.
8: <incredible. Smoke Monster.
10: laughs> uh, I have a crystal
9: ball. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy this show more than, than some of the other shows. I'm actually glad it beat out um, Family Guy and... Uh, for me, I, I really, I really like the dynamic between the characters. I like the fact that it's set in the future for the most part, even though there's like time travel elements throughout the show. Um, it's really kind of wacky. I, I, I enjoy the the interactions between Bender and Fry, uh, among everybody else. And uh, I don't know. I just I, I find the show a lot more entertaining to me uh, as an adult than. Watching some of these other like Family Guy, I I feel like it's it's beating me over the head with a shovel. Like I enjoy it, but it's not the same as watching Futurama. Futurama, I have like I, I don't know. It's like getting the Simpsons vibe without being as dumb.
10: <laughs> I guess that's a, I, I guess the way it's to say. I mean, work. it certainly has its, its credibility regarding being smart. As I mean, there were three PhDs on the writing staff seven master's degrees and over 50 years at Harvard University among the the writers so the people who are writing the show do have or are, are rather smart individuals and I do think it's a lot smarter than, than people give it credit for uh even myself included because I remember watching it when it came after the Simpsons thinking oh it's just a Simpsons clone but another like family guy left came back and I think he realized at its height it's it's a great show
9: uh well even the fact that it got canceled
10: and it came back yeah yeah. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on Futurama?
4: <laughs> I, From what I've seen of Futurama, I've seen several episodes over the years. I, I've never actually watched the show all the way through. Um, I know it's one of those shows that keeps getting canceled, keep coming back. I, it, it, that's fine. It's great. I'm, I'm happy for the voice cast that they get to continue to do this, this show. I like the stuff with Fry. I think the coolest thing about this show, though, is John DiMaggio as Bender. That essentially lets John DiMaggio do whatever the hell he wants to do, <laughs> voicing that character. And it's just so awesome. And if you think about this compared to when we were talking about Married with Children, you've got Peggy Bundy as a one-eyed space captain.
6: Yeah.
10: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, so we had Flintstones, we've had Beavis and Butthead, Family Guy, now Futurama. Did we get that order correct?
7: I think you could say that we've basically got it right with Futurama being as the highest out of the four that we've talked about so far. I think there could be an argument for Flintstones maybe being a little bit higher. I was surprised to see Family Guy actually make the list. and I'm definitely surprised at the fact that we're possibly going to see six animated shows on the top 100. I thought we might see three, and we're going to probably end up seeing six, I would guess. So that's the most shocking part for me.
10: Uh, DJ, any thoughts on... Futurama falling here.
7: Very
8: few. I, I've ne- I, I've never really been a big Futurama fan, and uh, I I'm hit in the back of my head every day when I say that. When <laughs> people say, "Why don't you not like Futurama?
4: <laughs> What's wrong with you?" You uh, so need
8: to tell
4: me. There's a million different
8: Leroy Jethro Gibbs running around smacking you upside smacking the head. Smacking me. I'm getting <laughs> attacked, but the, 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 the nose hitting me.
6: <laughs>
8: but no, I, I've never been a huge Futurama fan. I can understand the uh, again. I even kind of gave up on The Simpsons after a while. Uh, but yeah, I, again, it, it's just never appealed to me. I, 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 I get the characters. It does have Bender who, you know, Joe DiMaggio is awesome, but John DiMaggio is awesome, but I just never been into that show.
10: All right. Amanda, um, any thoughts before we move on to the last of today? Uh,
5: I think that, uh, I'm a little, Appalled with myself because I didn't rank this, but I love this show. Um, I think Beavis and Bloodhead might be slightly higher for me personally than Futurama. Um, definitely higher than Family Guy, though. Uh, I think that you guys have, have kind of beat it to death, but um, I have fun with all the characters, especially Bender, like anybody else. Leela, pretty awesome. I actually have friends who named their daughter after Leela from Futurama. So. There's that yeah that happened and uh i i think that it's it's why not zoidberg come on (laughs) (laughs) feed
8: my son zoidberg
5: (laughs) (laughs) that was their doctor but um i think that it, it i'm not really sure about it being this high honestly
10: all right. Well, be interested in hearing what other people have to say regarding this. So, one more to go before we end today's episode before we enter enter into the Elite 25, but let's see what falls at number 26. 26. All right. Well, I'm not sure if the brown coats are going to be happy that it's here, or just happy that they're unhappy that it's not f- higher. As coming in at number 26, we have the cult classic show in Firefly with 862 points on 13 lists, highest ranked as number one. So we are seeing our third number one fall regarding today. DJ, I'll start with you here because you did had have it highest ranked among all of us. What are your thoughts on Firefly? Screw you, Fox. <laughs> Screw you! <laughs>
8: I think if this show came out now, it'd be, it 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 would be be a bigger deal. I mean, this is Joss Whedon banter at its best, I guess. I mean that Buffy and Angel uh, were shows I watch I watch religiously, but Firefly was, you know new and different and it had a world to it and people go oh why do you guys keep making comic book movies you guys are can't keep making remakes why don't you make something different and new this was different and new and nobody freaking watched it and now it's gone <laughs> and we're stuck watching the 15th iteration of spider-man no uh <laughs> I, I really i really like i really like really firefly just because of the camaraderie and the writing and it it, it I think it it just never got a chance to come to fruition I think it was something there in the middle it didn't I'm not saying it's a perfect show there are its flaws one that Fox aired it out of order because they suck uh, but I think if it would given him some time it could have been really really special and Nathan Fillion I mean that's the first time I've ever seen him in anything uh, before he came on on Buffy as like the crazy, crazy preacher guy uh, he was awesome on this show I and mean, he's now been like a geek icon this since is all the, the show come games on in
11: advance. You bring it back to him, tell him the job didn't work out. We're not thieves, but we are thieves. Point is, we're not taking what's his.
9: Now we'll stay out of his way as best we can from here on in. You explain that's best for everyone,
11: okay? Keep the money, use it to buy a funeral. It doesn't matter where you go or how far you fly. I will hunt you down. And the last thing you see will be my blade. Dark.
9: Now this is all the money Mr. Oh, I
4: gave get, us in advance. Let's see for everyone. I'm right there with you.
8: Uh, Gina Torres, same thing. Uh, uh, Adam Baldwin, uh, who was probably famous for Full Metal Jacket, but it's Jane. It's just... Camaraderie. It's essentially Space Eighteen. <laughs> so
10: yeah, I, I, Space I, I Eighteen. I like that. That, that. See, it would have stayed along around longer if that's what they called it. Probably <laughs> nobody had a mohawk. Nobody had a mohawk. Yeah. So yeah, was... no one pitying fools. That's where it Nobody pitying any fools. No um, fools pity. Mike, any thoughts on Firefly <laughs> falling here at number twenty-six?
4: I've seen a couple of episodes here and there over the years, but I, just, I don't know. All as I can say right now is we all better hide until next week because you know the commenters are gonna come out and flam us for having this in one twenty six. Because like <laughs> like DJ said and like Dan said and like like everybody else said, this show has a massive, massive following. And those followers are mm, loyal to a lethal fault. <laughs>
10: <laughs> They're definitely I mean they they got a they got a movie made. I mean you got to give them you yeah. know they certainly are organized and powerful. Which introduced the world to
8: Chewitel four by the way. Yeah. So yeah, Serenity's also <laughs> badass. I was uh,
10: I was the weird one and actually saw Serenity before Firefly and actually went to see it not even knowing there was a TV series. I don't know how I missed that, but that was that's what <laughs> happened with me. And I actually didn't end up watching Firefly till earlier this year. I did a homework episode for Talking in Circles where we try to fill in our Geek Weeks box and Firefly was one for me, and I think I, I came into it way too late. I can still recognize why people would love it, but it's, you know, watching a show with so much hype, you, de- you know, nearly a decade after it debuted, it it didn't have the same impact on me as I'm sure it did with people then, especially seeing Serenity, which is a movie I actually really do adore and, and like a lot, so maybe I'm the weird one and like, the movie more than the TV series. But certainly there's a lot of creativity there, you know, the 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 motif of the using the you know western and, and asian culture combined with space the or you, chinese i think it's japanese right japanese first I words so, i think so yeah so I, okay, I i i like that though i think at, at times it did go a little too far with it but uh again i it's a show that y- y- if you look at the shows that were canceled too soon, I think this was ranked like number one on that list. And uh, it's often the show that's pointed to as, you know, why no one likes Fox or trusts Fox or, you know, and if it did go on longer, it probably could have had a, a bigger impact. And it was of course not, it's not its fault regarding quality. And did kind of launched the career of, of Josh Whedon, or at least, you know, made Fox feel bad to give him like eight of the shows after this, at least I don't know.
8: Whitney was on the air for three seasons and this got, like, eight
10: <laughs> episodes <laughs> with <Whitney. laughs> me. One of the worst comedies I've ever
8: seen. And Marina Baccarin is probably the only thing good on Gotham. So, yeah, yeah I, I got a, I got a little sore spot in yeah. my crawl.
10: I think Fire, I think just because of Firefly, there's a lot of shows that uh, Fox has let stay on longer, just a fear out of people would get angry at Gotham. Them. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, well, let's take a quick break here as and come back and kind of discuss... Uh, briefly of the top 20 top 75 i guess of the countdown so far
4: hey guys this is jd from the Incession film podcast every week on our show you can join my co-host brendan and i as we review the latest films that's out in theaters it also inspires us to discuss a top three list of some sort and we have a lot of other fun movie discussions as well it's always a blast and we also have a show on fridays called our extra film podcast this is a show that gives us the space to talk about the latest indies and art films and other classics that we normally just don't get to talk about on our main show you can find our podcast
10: on itunes stitcher radio soundcloud TuneIn radio player fm and more in fact you can just see everything about us including our social medias at incessionfilm.com so join us every week we'd absolutely love to have you
4: Remote Control is the new TV podcast from the GeekCast Radio Network. We'll be covering TV shows and topics from the year 2000 to whenever now is. We'll have special themed episodes entitled pilot and season premieres, as well as finishing finales. We'll also have season pass episodes where we take a look at an entire season of a TV show. Remote Control can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and www.geekcastradio.com. So tune in because we are all remote controlled.
10: So we have 75 down. 25 more to go uh dj i guess we'll start with you here thoughts on i guess the countdown today any big surprises anything that overall how do you feel that we're we're ending up as we have 25 shows left to go
8: i didn't think talk shows would be this high i did, I would at colbert and uh in letterman are pretty pretty high on the list which, which surprised me i mean i'm not against either one of those show, uh, those shows that just uh, that was shocking but i think it's going pretty well i am I'm, I'm i'm very i'm very upset that sesame street is so damn low <laughs> <laughs> my education is is dependent upon uh, a cookie monster in grover teaching me how to spell so yeah I'm a little upset about that yeah.
4: and the count teaching us how to count
10: oh uh, uh, uh mike after coming back after being off a week coming back now what are your thoughts on the countdown so far
4: i think it's interesting I think we've been saying throughout the first three parts of the countdown that this is going to be our most interesting top 100 because it is television and it is so subjective to various opinions. Um, I kind of wish I was here last week because I, I really want to eventually... I'm probably going to do this. I want to write this whole big, long... I don't necessarily want to call it an essay, but... I want to write this whole big, long thing about The Big Bang Theory because I I really don't think people are looking at it the way I look at it. I look at it as an evolution of characters. You look at Sheldon in season one, or even season three when they do the the flashback story of how Leonard and Sheldon first met, and then you look at Sheldon now in season nine, the dude has changed so much in the entire show. Um, But anyway, as far as... Today's episode, I'm, I'm perfectly fine where, with where some of the stuff fell. I don't think we have the animated thing right. I think it needs to be flip-flopped and have the Flintstones at the highest. Um, that's just my personal opinion, but I don't know.
5: Didn't you have a problem with the Flintstones? No. I
4: don't think so. Name?
10: It's It's been a while. It's been a while. But Amanda, any thoughts on the countdown so far? <sighs>
5: I'm disappointed at some of these rankings. I think this episode, especially, um, I was really disappointed in. I don't think that some of the things that made it to this episode should have even been on the list, honestly. Supernatural, again, being so low, not happy about that. So scarred. God, I do. I do not even. I just got the vapors. But, um, I, uh,. I'm just disappointed in in some of the rankings, and I'm a little bit worried because a ton of my stuff hasn't made it on there, and there's just not enough room for some of the things that I know should be on the top 25 to to make it all on there. So, um, if I don't see I Dream of Genie on this list anywhere, it would be seriously this morning.
10: <laughs> uh, Kevin, I know last week we had a lot of modern stuff, but I feel like this week we didn't really get as much. I think it was much more varied, kind of like the weeks before. So at least happy that we're getting more variety this on this half of the countdown so far.
7: It's hard to keep getting modern stuff when we've already already named almost all <laughs> of it, so um no, I mean, there's still some to go, but i'm I'm not surprised 'cause most like I said, there was only one more modern comedy that I was expecting to see, and that was Parks and Rec, and we saw that, so I think the the rest of the modern are gonna be a little bit more drama action oriented um i we have been through seventy five shows. And I still have 72 of my top 100 left to be named. So (laughs) all I know is I'm glad that uh, the 29 people that made up this list do not dictate my television viewing habits because I would not be happy. But, no, there's a ton of modern stuff that I need to catch up with. So I am not upset with the modern stuff being on here at all. I just have a big blind spot to the last 5 to 10 years. But, man, even trying to block out some of the ones that I thought, well, maybe are my personal bias, I still had, like... At least forty shows that I was a hundred percent sure we're going to make the top one hundred, and at least half of those aren't going to make it. So I, I think there's a lot of classics going to be left on the wayside.
10: All right, Steve, final thoughts before we sound off for today.
7: Um, I'm a little sad that uh, my
9: number one and number uh, three, I believe, went away today. Um, kind of bothers me. Uh, but actually, I think my whole top top three or four are gone. I, I still have high hopes that a couple of them are going to show up at, at some point. I, I have a few, and I'll, I'll mention those when we do the wrap-up, if they don't show up. But I, I think I have about a good half, almost half of my list has shown up at some point. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite happy about that. It's just wondering which ones are going to show up uh, from here on out.
4: I'm just happy my number one is in the top 25. <laughs>
7: Here. <laughs> yeah, my number one's gone. And Sorry, two. Steve. My number three is still here, so we'll see. <laughs> How do you know your number one's in the top 25?
8: I do.
7: It has, it has to, to. be. <laughs> if it's not, there. there'll be war. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't cross your fingers on anything at this point. There's a lot of good shows out there.
8: I, I would be it, it would be the biggest shock in history if my number one is not in the top twenty
7: five. I don't know what your number one is. I know what Mike's
8: number one is. Dan knows what my number one is, and I think he would agree. There is no way my my number one is not in the top twenty five. No way.
10: I wouldn't be doing this countdown if it was. Um,
6: <laughs> <laughs>
10: but anyways, you can also let us know what you think in a variety of ways. You can go on Facebook. Twitter, of course, going to Radio. We're having a lot of great conversations, so make sure to do that. But uh, I'll toss it over to Mike as he signs us off for tonight's episode.
4: I believe as of this recording for Part 3, the Part 2 post has somewhere around 98, 99 comments, so it didn't really break what Part 1 did, which is like, well, yeah, yet, because... (laughs) Keyword there is yet, yes. Um, as Dan said, head on over to Facebook, Twitter, GeekCast Radio Network on Facebook, at GeekCast Radio on Twitter. Go to GeekCastRadio.com. i not sure how we're going to do this because we haven't talked about it yet, but when we do the finale, if anyone wants to call in to do voicemails to leave their audio opinions, you can call 502-526-5821. There is a five-minute time limit. Please be sure to leave your name or screen name or whatever. Uh, unleash the geek in you and keep on channel surfing.
3: You've just listened to geek cast radio on the Geekcast radio network. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. First, visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can comment on all of our different podcasts. Second, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. Third, Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio. Four, become a fan on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash GeekCastRadio. Call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Please remember to tell us the show you are leaving the message for and your name. So until next time, unleash the geek in you.